Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with my stories Parker and Alex, and we watch Venom 2. Venom. Uh, now, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the director sure thinks so. Well, I'll tell you this one. Uh, I actually happen to really like the first Venom. Uh, how do you guys feel about Venom One? That is still, if you everything I know about you and your taste in movies. If you ask me today if you liked Venom One, knowing what I know, I would still say. Nah, he was just fucking with us. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way he likes that movie. There's no possible way. You liked it more than both of us combined, which is insane. Yeah, I know. It's very, very strange. Uh, I, I actually said out loud, I should get the steel book. But uh, no steel book in the house, so, you know. Birthday's coming up, it's guys. The only, it's the only book I have in my house. It's a steel book of Venom. <laughs> Well, the sequel is I, ninety minutes. Uh, yeah, it's not, uh, there. We go. Actually, you know, you know, believe it or not, the first movie is also ninety minutes. If you just leave uh, once the credits start, there's twenty minutes of credits Impossible. of the original Venom. I'm not making that. Oh, that's out. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember like pausing, and be like, "God damn, this movie's long," and then it just ended. <laughs> Eminem started rapping, and there was twenty minutes left. Yeah, and you don't I actually almost have rewatch to, that. Yeah, you don't actually I have to watch like the credits or post credits for Venom One, but for this one, I would recommend it. Uh, there is a key scene in there which we will or get to. alternatively you can just skip it if you're not a little piggy who needs your sloth well i, I recommend didn't... everyone except alex watch them <laughs> uh anyway before we get to that parker do we have any news i couldn't find what what Sorry. i had uh, alex <laughs> do we have any news i got you buddy so two things Thanks, that i want to bring up on here the first one is a uh, a headline from september 30th 2021 Special ops troops hunkered down in California airport at hangar after a nighttime ninja attack. <laughs> a sword-wielding man dressed as a ninja attacked several special operations soldiers who were training at a California airport, <laughs> reportedly forced them to shelter in a hangar and inflicting wounds that required stitches. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you not hear about I'm this? So no. Parker. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Dude, this is like the story of the week if you're... Well, me and Alex, I guess. <laughs> oh, allow me to read to you the following paragraph of uh, of information from this story. The staff sergeant was sitting outside the administration building at the airport hangar smoking a cigarette when he was approached by an unknown person wearing full ninja garb, the photograph document states. <laughs> it is unclear from the records whether the man was an actual practitioner of ninjutsu. Do you know who I am? The ninja asked, to which the soldier replied no, according to the document. Do you know where my family is? The black-clad man then asked. The staff sergeant again answered no. The person in ninja garb began to slash at the soldier, striking his phone in his knee and leg. Wait, isn't this Grey Wolf from Metal Gear Solid? He's got amnesia, he's got a samurai sword, man, this is great. This is whoever this guy is, come on the pod. 
Dude, okay, so you remember when there was like that summer where they had all those creepy clowns standing in the woods and it was pretty clearly viral marketing for the new hit movie? What ninja movie is this viral marketing for? Because I want to go see it. Dude, I like yeah, to I'm imagine <laughs> I like to imagine this is the reverse version of uh when the fucking Boston PD thought all the Buddha Knights were like a bomb. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. <laughs> I don't remember what I'd written down, but it wasn't as good as that, I promise you. <laughs> and uh, just uh, to add uh, insult to insult, you guys want to know what the biggest movie in China is right now? Absolutely. It can't, be, it can't be Shang-Chi, right? It is not. It is instead a $200 million production about the Battle of the Chosen, Chosen Reservoir from the Chinese side. That's oh. had three different directors. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Next week's episode. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I think they did a pretty good job. I've got to shine some new light on it. <laughs> also, I'd like to thank our new sponsors. <laughs> These are some very comfortable chairs. They're uh, made out of human skulls. <laughs> Weird. I wonder how many frying pans they melted down to make these for us. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh... Let's get into our Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My Jerk of the Week is the Alamo Draft House for making me choose. Now, I like free choice, but sometimes it doesn't work out in your favor. Tomorrow, the Alamo Draft House... I guess tonight, because it's 2am. Tonight, the Alamo Draft House is having a choice. At 6.30, you can watch The Lost Boys. Or, at 7 o'clock, you can watch The Shining. I love watching great movies in theaters, but I don't know how I'm supposed to make this decision right here. Obviously, The Shining, one of the greatest horror movies of all time, probably my favorite Kubrick movie, besides Pass the Glory, and 2001, and a few of the others. But, on the other hand, Jack Bauer as a teenage vampire, I need to see that on the big screen in all its glory. And I also have to wonder, which one am I going to take my sister to? I can't believe you're going to skip your Red Sox getting skull-fucked by the Yankees. I don't want to talk about it. So, man, honestly, like, my immediate reaction is like, how is that even a choice? But the more I think about it, the Lost Boys of the crowd, that's, see, yeah, that's a powerful here's what, evening. I, I think I've made Dang. my choice here. I'm not happy about it, but I made my choice. I think i got to go with the Lost Boys just because there's probably going to be another opportunity to see The Shining on a Oh, screen. yeah, absolutely. So, probably just get go like to the nearest there. Regal or Cinemark or AMC. One of them will be yeah, showing Yeah, some us. of them one day, I'm sure, but the Lost Boys, you know? And I don't think my sister's ever seen it. She has to hear Corey Feldman's voice in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, who's your jerk of the week? Uh, my jerk of the week is everyone with a vote for NFL MVP, because uh, by handing in your ballots after week one, you really got to my boy Jalen Hurts' head, and uh, I just want to say, <laughs> this is uh, this is really on the, uh, the, the voters. I... Uh, I think everybody knows he's the best quarterback in the league, and just, like, there's something wrong, and I think it's just the hubris of uh, winning the earliest MVP in NFL history. I mean, people don't understand the pressure it takes to play in Philadelphia. <laughs> no other market is hard on their teams. Only Philadelphia expects perfection from their winning franchise. I mean, the fans are just so much more intense over there. We could never hope to understand it. Oh. <laughs> well... I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor someone this week who really changed my life, and that man is the concession stand at the theater I went to last night. Because I told him, "Hey, man, just fucking drench that butter in there, really soak it up." So he took the bag over, did one scoop of popcorn, 
walked over to the butter, held the button for 10 seconds, scooped one scoop of popcorn, went back to the butter, held it for 10 seconds, did this for about three straight minutes. <laughs> it was the soggiest bag I've ever had in my life. I felt horrible this morning, but I've never been happier. I would take a bullet for this man. I would do absolutely anything, and it definitely put Venom 2 up like another star. I, dude, I it was incredible. I know I keep mentioning that I worked at a movie theater before. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. It was incredible. I uh, would not touch that bag with my hands. Chris, I put napkins on my lap. You think, yeah. Josh, you think Josh is listening right now? Be like wanting to tell people about his life hack to get extra butter. <laughs> I would love to hear this life hack again. Yeah, here's your life hack to get extra butter. You just say, hey, can I get extra butter? <laughs> just ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't charge you. <laughs> Same as a regular Correct. bag of popcorn. Yeah. The only problem with the butter is it's like it's kind of a bitch to replace it. So it's like, you just. He's so cool. Yeah. Obviously, you layer it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you like. I know the guy here. I can get you some extra butter. I like how the- Hey, can I get extra butter on there? <laughs> <laughs> the retarded version of those Aaron Rodgers commercials. I like it when, when people would come up to me and they were just like, yeah, can I get butter on the popcorn? But can you like, you know, and I'm like, you mean layer it? Yeah, I, I can do that. And they're like, yeah, thank I'm you. Aware. You must I'm be an engineer. Girls. Not yet. So, <laughs> uh, glad you, I, I'm actually not happy you got that, dude. You should wash your hands. So, <laughs> I, I brought like 10 napkins was, <laughs> Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> It was oh, incredible. Sick. All right. Well, let's talk about. You got to keep your fucking hands busy because this movie, there is nothing going on for like an hour. I wanted point. my phone so bad, dude. <laughs> well, um, tell you what. Let's talk about what we watched recently. Speaking of food, I watched a Korean movie, which was billed on Wikipedia as being the second most watched movie in Korean history. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what number one is. And then I didn't look it up. Uh, number two is Extreme Job. It came out two years ago, and uh, I actually really <laughs> like this movie. Okay, so this is about Steve Jobs at the X Games. <laughs> 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 Good one, but I'm gonna have to cut that. Okay, so this don't, is about you, a don't, you don't have to do anything actually. <laughs> Okay, so this, this is, is going to be some dour, miserable movie. It's yeah. going to fuck up the whole. No, thing. no, actually, this no, this one's actually a comedy. So it's about this investigative task force with the police, and they're kind of like the reject task force. That's kind of like the Five Stooges, and except they're Korean, and uh, they they're looking for like this drug dealer, and they they just mess everything up, everything that they do. And worse yet, there's this other task force in their same department who's really good. So they're like, oh jeez, nothing ever works out. Well, I guess we could go to a stakeout watch these gangsters nothing ever works then they realize like right next to them is a chicken shack and uh they're just like huh this would be an ideal place for a stakeout get some chicken and they walk in there get some chicken stake out the guy with their binoculars like oh this just isn't working the guy's like oh by the way this is my last day i'm going to sell the place like what no this would be perfect for us so they're like okay we'll buy the chicken shack from him and we'll use it as our base of operations to stake out this gang right 
And, and then people keep coming into the restaurant to order food. And they're like, no, we're uh, closed in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. And they're like, huh, that's weird. Because Korean fried chicken is like a really big deal. So like, okay, I guess we can run the restaurant the same time that we investigate this gang. Turns out they're really, really good at running the restaurant. Way more successful at it than they anticipated that they would be. And just terrible at investigating the gang. So the second act of the movie was where most people say they don't like it very much because it's all about them running the restaurant. I think that's one of the funniest parts, actually. It works really, really well. And uh, anyway, they are able to investigate the gang while running this chicken check. And there's a lot of heart to it. And more importantly, there's a lot of laughs. I think it works a lot better uh, if you're Korean. Uh, there's some subtleties with cultural differences there but uh, overall I loved it I recommend it to everyone bad news Kevin Hart watched it and said he wants to remake it so Ugh. Yeah. Man. <laughs> never mind I guess I'll just wait for the uh, the one oh, I want to yeah. read uh, they're yeah, probably exactly. going to be equal in quality right yeah let's continue with a depressing subject by talking about another movie I watched The Devil's Retards uh, Devil's Rejects this has <laughs> Sid Haig and chopped Why up. Why did that make me laugh? So <laughs> it really is that easy for us. It really is. It's Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, My favorite. favorite. Yeah, you know how much I like her. Um, this is the one where people say it's actually a lot better than House of One Thousand Corpses, but I'm inclined to disagree. There are less corpses. There are. I think there might be more in this one actually. Uh, Miss sequel opportunity. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Rob Zombie said that this movie was based on uh, Badlands and Bonnie and Clyde and shit like that. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, this is just a bunch of uh, bad guys who leave their house of decay and go off across the country and bother a whole bunch of other people. I, I'd say bother instead of uh, instead of brutally maim and torture and kill. Because uh, it really seems like they're more annoying than murderous. It's <laughs> a really funny concept for a Steve Martin movie. <laughs> the whole time they're just tripping people with their canes. <laughs> Maybe and okay, this I, one he wears a big mustache while he does the murders. <laughs> Okay, I have to admit, maybe I'm, I'm speaking from a personal experience because they're just annoying to me. But uh, to really criticize the movie, Sid Haig really feels like he doesn't belong, A, in the movie, or B, in that family. I understand that he's also a psychopath, but he doesn't seem the same as Chopped Up. He doesn't seem the same as Sherry Moon Zombie, you know? He doesn't seem to fit in with everyone else. And I still like him. I still think he's a really good actor. But... It's a little bit incongruous, and I think it worked better in House of 1000 Corpses because he was separate from the entire family, so it was fine. And now uh, Chop Top is giving these Dennis Leary rants that I said, oh yeah, I'd be fine with that. Well, I changed my mind. Now they're kind of annoying. Yeah, you, were, you didn't know what you were yeah, asking for. Yeah, boy, they just go on too long. It's, it's just kind of dumb. Uh, the needle drops in this one are really <laughs> embarrassing. Like, it's, uh... <laughs> tell, tell him about the end. Oh. Tell him about the end of the movie. Hey, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so you like Freebird, right, Alex? Oh, of course. All ten minutes yeah. of it? Yeah, well, they... The entire <laughs> song. You know how the only part of Freebird that's any good is the guitar solo? Well, they decide, no, we really like the boring part, too, so we're going to play that as well. As they drive into this, like, posse of police officers who shoot at them and stuff, it is so shitty and lame. Also, it kind of cuts out before they get killed, I think. I don't know. It's so fucking boring, dude. This movie sucks. Um, nicest way I could possibly put it. Um... 
Let me see. Is there anything else I could possibly say to... Pr- no, uh, I just remember last time I watched it, I, f- I fell asleep an hour in, woke up and went, is that Diamond Dallas Page? And I fell back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that movie's really, really bad. And everyone who kept saying, yeah, I had a good time with it. I had a good time traveling around with them. Well, you guys will be interested to in know there's a sequel that's not on the list, so I'm safe for now. Hey, how does teams do? Uh, no. Find out in a little bit. <laughs> Come on. No, it could be anything. I've been so nice. Hey, I know that some of us have not forgotten that we have the Ken Jong space this week. Oh, You're not going to watch your I, your assigned movie I until next year anyway. real quick. <laughs> uh, we only right. got two months, dude. Well, keeping in the tradition of being the only one on this podcast who actually watches his assignments, I landed on the Animal Attack space, and I was yeah. I wonder why you watched this one this week. And, yeah, uh, real rough on you, man. Yeah, well, anyway, I was going through it, and I thought, okay. I could have gone with Fright Night, because I watched Fright Night in theaters with my sister, and there's a part where uh, a dog attacks a person, but it's like a human being, werewolf, transforming into a dog. It's really brief. I'm like, that's not an animal attack movie. That's a movie with an animal attack in it. I want an right. animal attack movie. You know, Shenron wouldn't, you know, let me get away exactly. with it. Exactly. Shenron wouldn't right. let me get away with a Ken Jeong cameo. I'm going to have to right, watch something yeah. where he's, you know, right up front and center. So uh, Right, exactly. I don't mean fair. to speak for Shenron or anything but anyway i decided i would watch i'd go to the app back mike and i watched razorback a movie. oh hell yeah dude yeah dude. yeah uh, dude uh, also known as australian jaws it's directed <laughs> by russell mulcahy who we of course <laughs> yeah, we, obviously we recognize russell mulcahy from resident evil extinction but he also did a couple other movies that we watched so. I have seen so many of his fucking <laughs> yeah, movies. Of this. A lot of them are about pyramids, so it's fair. Yeah. Sure are. <laughs> so, Razorback Begins, I know you guys have seen it, but for the folks at home, just want to let you know what's going on here. Razorback Begins uh, in Australia, which is this island that's over there, and there's this old guy, he's putting his grandson to bed, and he sits quietly on the couch and, you know, have a restive night at home, and then a nuclear giant warthog Storms into their house, <laughs> sets the place ablaze, runs over their kid, takes a shit in their pool, and eats all their ribbon candy. It is His one candy. of the greatest cold opens I've ever seen in my life. Unquestionably. <laughs> <That fucking> Monster <laughs> Hunter boss just runs to their house and eats that kid. It's so good. So we cut to uh, New York, and there's a, a reporter lady, and she's like, oh, I've heard a great idea. I've heard their killer... Outback warthogs that will like eat your soul. I'm gonna go over there and look it up. And uh, she goes over there and gets dragged off into the darkness by this warthog. Yeah, dude. <laughs> she is never it's seen from again. Which is weird because like, oh, I guess this is our character and then yeeted. <laughs> so we so don't wild. actually ever see the kid get killed at the beginning. We don't see her get killed when she's dragged off. In fact, they hold like this mock trial within like their uh, Australian town with a population of maybe 25. They say the child is uh, missing, presumed dead. I'm just like are we going to get a reveal at the end of the movie where this warthog has them all like trapped in like spider web or something? actually the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping them alive. <laughs> so, uh, no, it turns out they're dead and they got aided. So he is, so the, the, the report lady's husband comes to visit. He's like, where is my wife? And he's visited by a couple of the extras from Mad Max. And uh, they decide that they're going to annoy him much like Sherry Moon Zombie throughout the entire movie. 
I, I have to say this, not only is Jaws an inspiration for this, but I actually think the first two Mad Max movies were pretty clear inspirations here because one of the car chase sequences looks just like something out of Mad Max and it's filmed spectacularly well. This is a movie that looks and plays so much better than I was expecting. I would highly, highly recommend Razorback. This is an actual good movie. So uh, It fucking rips. Yeah. I was so excited when I watched it. Yeah. Speaking of assignments, I was assigned in... Alex, you're going to have to remind me why... Actually, I think I can hazard a guess as to why I was assigned this one. Uh, Traveler from 1997. Oh, that was from the Whoop Space. That was a... Uh, hey, tell me if this movie's good. Space. Oh. Oh, is that... I'm no, assuming. No, it's, it's Chris no, no. Berman themed. Whoop. Also, so whatever... The sound. Yeah, whatever Parker assigned me, I uh, forgot to write yeah. it down for that space. So uh, Don't to worry, so out. did I. Yeah, shocker. Well, Traveler is uh, a movie that has Bill Paxton in it in the lead role, and it also has Mark Wahlberg in it, which is probably why why I was assigned it. And uh, they play. <laughs> Could have gone either way. That was on the either or list, buddy. <laughs> yeah, nominally they are Irish gangsters, but in reality they're uh, they're more like gypsy gangsters. But they don't appear that nomadic. They just sort of live in the same woods the entire movie. So I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, this is one I had a lot of trouble finding. I didn't have it on my usual websites. I couldn't find it on any uh, normal streaming websites, so I had to go to Tubi.tv. <laughs> you watch this with ads? Yes, Alex. I watched this one with ads. So, the movie begins, and... Uh, how does this one begin? Oh, it's uh, Bill Paxson, and he's living the typical gypsy gangster lifestyle, where he's going around sort of ripping people off in very low-level scams. Like, he's going to fill in their driveway with sealant that runs all over the place. He's making a bunch of emails and going to Panera Bread. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's just doing shit like that. And, uh, anyway, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's also in this one, but, uh, turns out his dad just died, so he has to go and bury his dad. Turns out his dad was originally in the gypsy gangster life, but he left because he fell in love with a woman and left the gypsies, presumably to, uh, I guess buy a house and live in it. And, uh, <laughs> the funeral is a pretty emotional moment because Mark Wahlberg... The very, very young Mark Wahlberg in this one, because this, this is like 1997, so he's not like the Mark Wahlberg we know right now. He's like still um, in the Funky Bunch at this point, isn't he? I think he had just left. I could be wrong. I'm not like a huge Funky Bunch fan. So it's like kind of like a metaphor. I Maybe. Uh, anyway, he realizes he has nowhere to go, so he asks if he can join the, uh, the gang and see if... You know, maybe they'll let him in, but the the guy in charge says he doesn't want to let him in because his dad left. He was like, "Oh, you'll do the same thing." Mark Wahlberg argues, "Hey, it's about blood. That should mean that I'm in." And Bill Paxton says, "Tell you what, I'll take care of the kid," and he becomes more or less his ward. Tasha, did you Here know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Hip hop group tag team to help you plan. <laughs> Am I imagining that? <laughs> God, fucking <laughs> damn. <laughs> You guys liking the movie? Man, I really accidentally set you up for that one. <laughs> I froze <laughs> so violently. Please stop playing it. All the ways you could say. Okay. <laughs> okay, now we can skip the ad. Okay, so they go around and they do a whole bunch of scams to other people. And I kind of like this movie a lot more than other movies that would pursue this sort of thing because... 
Mark Wahlberg in any other movie would be like this hotshot whiz kid prodigy of scammers. You know, he'd be like the Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie who shows uh, Bill Paxton how to really scam people. But turns out, no, he just doesn't really know what he's doing. Uh, what I also like about this is uh, Bill Paxton isn't even that good at it either. Turns out it's actually kind of hard to scam people and you really have to uh, have a mark for this sort of stuff. Because uh, if people know what you're up to, then they might try to shoot you with a shotgun, which happens to them at one point. Anyway, at one point they go to a bar and there's a very beautiful bartender and they're just like, oh, easy pickings, we'll rip her off. And they do. And uh, through partially this woman's fault, she was a little bit greedy here, she, uh, she falls for the scam and uh, they rip her off and she loses her job as a result. But Bill Paxton's just like, you know, she was kind of hot. I'd kind of like to fuck her. So they go to her house and they walk in on, their, on her daughter while she's not there. And I'm just like, oh, oh this doesn't look good. And she walks in and she's like, yeah, this definitely doesn't look good. And she uh, punches Bill Paxton in the nose. He's got a bleeding nose for the rest of the movie. And... Uh, what develops from there is actually kind of a cute romance between Bill Paxton and this woman. It kind of goes to show that love might tear him away from the gang, whereas Mark Wahlberg still does not really have anything solid. He might be falling for a girl who's in the gang, but he can't really get with her because there's a rule about you know being set up with someone, and if you go with someone you're not set up, you'll be like expelled from the gang. And uh, this leads to some actually some pretty good writing. I think this is a very well written movie. Uh, one of my favorite lines in here is, uh, "Well, she's beautiful." Yeah, so is the sunset. You're not going to fuck that either. Uh, there are uh, other moments anyway. This, uh, this woman, she has a daughter, and turns out she's got a very severe hearing problem. And uh, the only way that she can get this fixed is with surgery. And the surgery is going to cost them like $50,000. And this is 1997, and they're gypsies, so they don't exactly have that right now. So he decides that... Good big and beautiful. Sorry, second ad. I hate that you can't stop this so much. You can't, you can't skip this. I think it's a dating show. No. So we're really mad when Chris gets a check for a dollar and thirty cents for this episode. I'm saying we can't get a fucking sponsor, but he can just place someone else's ads. I, you know, this is just the way that it goes. All right, I try to skip it. So he decides that he's going to. Uh, commit like a big heist you know so like something from the sting and get a whole bunch of money and then he can pay for this girl's uh hearing surgery and i gotta tell you i i like that it's a very selfless act and uh and i look at these guys and they've grown better at scams over time and you think okay they might be able to pull this off and there's a, a third guy who's going to help them along who kind of talks like sam elliott so they go to the horse track and they pretend like they're bad at betting and there's this big gangster guy who's like, oh, I'll tell you how to really do this sort of thing. And they give him some fake money. They try to scam him with that. That's all part of their plan. And uh, the movie really plays with the audience's expectations. I'm not saying it's like Hitchcockian or anything, but it's actually kind of working. And uh, in the end, they, they have all this uh, fake money and they get caught. And you think that they're getting caught, but they're not actually. They, they bring in Mark Wahlberg uh, as their uh, counterfeiter for their counterfeit money. And the guy is like, hold up. What, uh, what does the A stand for on this dollar bill? And he's like, America? <laughs> Which uh, really got me in that moment. Uh, and he kicks them both out. And they pretend like they're betrayed by this third guy. Turns out, in the stacks of money they gave him, they never actually did the flip thing that you do in the movies. 
it, they just had one dollar bill on one side, one dollar bill on the other side. Everything else in there was just a piece of paper. Uh, so they escape with a whole bunch of money, and uh, they're like, "All right, now we can pay for her ear surgery and everything." And you know that that one third guy is going to hire a prostitute. And Mark Wahlberg finds out that the third guy got killed by that gang. It's like, "Oh my God, they're coming after us next!" So he drives to Bill Paxton and that woman and the girl, and uh, he says, "Hey." They're coming. They're coming for us right now. Bill Paxton's just like, what do you mean? Who's coming for us? And he hears a door close outside. And he's like, oh, my God. He rushes back into the house. And the gang is there. And they grab the woman. They don't care who's there. They just want their money back. And also vengeance because they're a gang. And uh, they're trying to fight them off. but uh, And it's really tense. Like, at one point, the woman grabs a gun that we had seen earlier. Chekhov's gun that we know is unloaded. But she still gets disarmed. And uh, the guy's like, oh, you want to fuck with me? Let me show you how I fuck with you. And he breaks down the door where the daughter is hiding, grabs her, and... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I wonder if this hurts to other people as much as it hurts the two of us. Now during Hyundai holidays, get a Tim up for one ninety nine a month or two point nine percent financing. This has ruined my night. From every Hyundai, happy holidays. Damn it! It's only Shenron will remember. Today. See, that's technically festive because by the time this episode is edited, it'll be the holiday season. <laughs> Man, I was being nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> by, the, by the time this fucking gets uploaded, I still want to watch it. <laughs> anyway, uh, it turns out the head of the gang is able to come in there and save the day, and uh, they uh, they decide to go their separate ways. Bill Paxton's going to go with that woman who I have to say one of the problems with the ending of this movie is I would be like, no, you almost got us killed. I don't want to marry you anymore, but I'll take the money for my daughter's ear surgery. And Mark Wahlberg falls in with the gang, and that's still a little bit unresolved. Cause I'm like, what about the girl that he was into? He still didn't seem like he was really grounded in a home or anything. It seemed like he really needed Bill Paxton more than he needed the gang. But the road to get to that kind of disappointing ending was good enough on its own. I actually do think that this was a good movie. And I am happy that I watched it, just not happy that I watched it on Tubi TV. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh... Piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to make you any happier when I tell you I watched the first Dario Sargento movie, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Uh, I'm sorry, I I just didn't like this one very much. I think it's it's a very well-made movie. It's... Unfortunately, it's a lot like uh, some of other Argento movies from his earlier period, like before Suspiria, as in before he was actually good at this sort of stuff. It's just another murder mystery. And yeah, it's different than the other ones, and yeah, it's another Jalo movie, but just because it's Jalo doesn't mean that it's good. Uh, I'm sorry, I just wasn't as interested as everyone else was, so maybe I missed something. And it makes it all the more embarrassing that I actually enjoyed uh, 1979's Tourist Trap. Uh, Parker, oh I... Th- you, dude, did you? Yeah, now you. This one you remember. I, I don't remember one thing about it. Yeah, I bet you do. So, Tourist Trap is about these uh, five youths who go out into the woods. So, it's pretty much every horror movie ever made. And uh, they get lost, they go looking for help, and they stumble upon this cabin occupied by one guy who uh, turns people into mannequins. And you're just like, oh, so? Uh, like, what is this, House of Wax or something? Turns out this guy has psychic powers. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I looked up one piece of trivia before uh, watching this, and it was uh, apparently Stephen King loved the movie. I was like, 
really? Stephen King loved this? Okay. Because uh, the movie doesn't look very good, but uh, turns out it looks... Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> true. I didn't know that this was basically Carrie, but with, like, a guy in overalls. <laughs> it's real good. The reveal that he's like, oh, he's this creepy guy. Also, he has psychic telekinetic abilities. You're like, okay, <laughs> whatever movie. That is the wildest fucking bucks. thing. Never explain how he got them, why he's like this. It's it's so much better this way, which is weird because I've always been someone who's scared more by what's real and what could possibly happen than by... Uh, the fantastic elements, you know? This one, uh, I'll tell you, makes a more entertaining movie. <laughs> it's, uh, this is a wild ride. Uh, I did like it, though. I, I did have a good time. Uh, anyway, I went to the movie theater tonight for another Stanley Kubrick movie. Now, I actually do like almost all of Stanley Kubrick's movies. Uh, none come immediately to mind that I've, like, outright disliked. Uh, oh, so you haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut? No, I did see Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, um, it's, not, it's not that bad. It's just... Very, it's very uh that movie just makes me think a, of horny internet people and uh oh yeah really yeah yeah which which is weird because i was like oh maybe that's the last good horny movie uh it's fine uh i don't like eyes wide shut as much as everyone else does perhaps uh, i but, i don't uh, know anyone that likes eyes wide shut <laughs> i i know a few who, but i think their tryhards are like yeah i'm cultured uh anyway uh, yeah those people you know, I, I do like uh, Stanley Kubrick movies, but and I, I try to watch as many good movies in theaters as I possibly can. And the first time I watched uh, Clockwork Orange was when I was in college, and my first thought was, I should probably watch this again, because I don't think I like really was paying attention enough the first time. So now I'm watching it in theater, my phone's off the whole time, let's see what I got. And uh, I forget some things happen in that movie. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I didn't... I did not forget the rape scene to uh, Singing in the Rain, because how could you? But uh, I did forget that you see uh, a side shot of Malcolm McDowell's dick at least three times. Uh, I, I forgot that one guy straight up looks like his boy... Sorry, I forgot that a guy straight up looks up his boy hole with a flashlight. Uh, that was definitely in the movie. <laughs> yes. uh, just, to, just to see if he's keistering anything. And I forgot that there was like... Like portraits and paintings of uh, vaginas all over every single wall and every single set. My house is uh, just also to, like that. Just want to make sure that you know it's subtle and everything. Driving home a point here. Uh, I actually really liked it a lot more the second time around. This is this I've mentioned a lot of times like what I'm looking for in a science fiction movie. And a lot of people don't even call Clockwork Horn science fiction, which is wild to me because uh, that's kind of explicitly what it is. They say, oh, it's more of a social commentary. And that's what I want from science fiction to be social commentary. It should hold up a mirror to society, slightly askew, and say, look, this could be us if we don't get our act together. And uh, oh, did so we you hate love the Black Mirror? I saw one episode of Black Mirror, and uh, you hear that? Didn't I heard it. it. <laughs> I didn't necessarily. You know who say else that. heard it? <laughs> Don't say the Joker. <laughs> he thinks this is a regular society. He thinks phones are yeah. actually good for you. Okay, so uh, no, I, I did like it's a clock board. I don't even think that I need to say the plot as most people know it by now. But I will say this. I think a lot of people, including Roger Ebert, didn't get it, and I guess maybe a lot of people do that with Stanley Kubrick, especially like 2001 A Space Odyssey, a whole lot of people don't get it, but with Clockwork Orange, I don't know how you don't get it. A lot of people say, oh yeah, he's glorifying uh, violence and rape, and like, how could you possibly get that from this movie? He's yeah, not really. doing that. I got uh, it in high school, and I'm the stupidest person I know. 
It's a fucking moron. He was like, oh, he keeps showing it. I'm like, yeah, to show that he's a bad guy. It's a movie, you dickhead. Yeah. Also that, a lot of people, I think, struggle with this in any kind of uh, fiction here. Not just, like, TV shows and movies, but also in books. People don't understand that showing a bad guy how bad he is is not an endorsement. Like, even even in, uh, like, the song Stand by Eminem, Bad Boy Denim. He like that's not a like that's not an ideal life right there. That's a sad story. He's not bragging about this, you know. Like a lot of I don't know. I think a lot of people miss the point. Uh, a Clockwork Orange is a great movie. It is a movie of its time and a movie of our times, and I think everyone ought to watch it. And finally, closing on something of some real significance, uh, finishing up all three of my assignments here, The Legend of Boggy Creek One. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Let me get comfortable talking to me about those Falk Boys. <sighs> so, here's a, Falk boy. so, here, so here's the thing about them Falk Boys. So good, dude. Now, old-timer Billy Slater wanted to get a junior rodeo up and going, but uh, we had some real trouble up in them woods. See, we had some uh, reports going around of a giant hairless man uh, walking around over there. And, uh, boy, that don't sit too well with them Falk Boys. So, you ever see a five-year-old hold a shotgun? Well, you're going to see him once tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice watching this movie, you know, in 1972, there were no good video games invented yet, so that's why people just wandering around in the woods surrounding their houses looking for Bigfoot. I think I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I would do that now if I lived closer to the real woods. Do I live Oh my god, I moved away from the... Well, I'm still within a mile of the woods. He's still out there. No, but I mean, Somewhere. like, big enough woods for our boy. Not, like... Not our boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, I do like that. I, I watched actually the 4K restoration of this one, so it's in the super what? high. Yeah, yeah there's that's a illegal. It shouldn't be in 4K. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is here's so here's as well. Like I turn it on, it says "The Legend of Boggy Creek," and it says in little letters in the lower right hand corner, "Copyright 2018." I was like, "What? What is this?" And apparently, I think it was the daughter of the original director, Charles Pierce was like, okay, I approve the 4K restoration of this. And I'm kind of glad that she did because apparently the movie was sort of... It, it, it underwent a lot of wear and tear over the years because the movie was a huge hit for its time and it played all the time in drive-in theaters, so I wish I'd seen this at a drive-in the way it's originally meant to be shown. This would be such a sick drive-in movie. <laughs> right? Uh, but unfortunately, no such luck. I had to watch it on my gigantic, beautiful TV. And I gotta tell you, this is some of the most incredible movie restoration magic I think I've ever seen because this movie was made because he, like, what is it? He borrowed $180,000 from some, like, train company and used one of those oldie timey uh, movie cameras in order to make it so it looked old even for 1972 uh, like this came out more or less the same year as the Clockwork Orange and it looks so much worse also because uh, Stanley Kubrick but uh, this movie actually looks really good in the 4k restoration maybe a little too good I don't know uh, because I'm not saying that you can clearly see uh, Sasquatch in this but uh the parts where you can see him are just like, oh, it's okay, no, thing. Uh, I had a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of similarities between this and uh, uh, the Blair Witch. Um, 
think the Blair Witch is a better movie, but only barely. Uh, Bigfoot's in this one, so that's a plus in Legend of Boggy Creek's column. This is obviously better than the sequel, which I've seen. Uh, I wish I hadn't. Uh, and uh, I gotta tell you, I did like when they asked what uh, do you think this could be a Sasquatch? And someone said, uh, Sasquatch? And I don't know uh, what that is, or have any connection to it at no time. It's like, is this guy speaking through a lawyer about Sam Squatch? What's going on here? <laughs> he knows, man. Yeah, he must. He has insider information. So, uh, yeah, Legend of Boggy Creek. Thank you so much, Parker. Technically, by default, the uh, by technical disqualification, the best Bigfoot movie. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it really is. It's so good. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? All right, so I don't have a movie to talk about, but there are a couple things that I do want to talk about this time. First of all, Parker, have you seen this week's What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, which one is this week's? Where The one where the, the fucking... Uh, the evil, like the the head vampire guy, escapes. Oh no, I have not. Oh, dude. oh no, what? I know what I'm doing afterwards. I just, I gotta say that I really, genuinely appreciate a piece of media that does callbacks correctly. Hey, uh, Parker, you remember in season one when that old timey vampire came to visit them and Guillermo accidentally lit him on fire? Yes. <laughs> Guess who they dig up in the backyard this episode? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> That show is so fucking good. It's insane. I really need to watch that show. You you would appreciate it. There is um so there's like a throwaway bit at the end of last week's episode where uh um they're like doing their vamp- vampiric council stuff and like they're responsible for like trying the crimes of their vampires and the one guy's tried for having a hellhound and then Guillermo lets him <laughs> out at the end of the episode is just a golden retriever. And uh <laughs> I bet you thought that was a one off joke, Parker. Oh my god, do they keep the dog? I, I I was going to talk about it, but now I can if you haven't seen it. Oh god, guy. I This is shit. I'm so excited. For for somebody that loves the show as much as as much as you do, like you are going to appreciate the ever loving shit out of this episode. I, it is literally just the one show I keep up with in the world. Just callback after callback after callback, but in a good way because it's a fucking twenty-minute, ten-episode a season sitcom. Basically, like, it, what person other than fucking idiots like us like wants to retain all of these jokes from season one? It's <laughs> a fair point. It's it's great. I love it. Um, so again, I didn't watch any movies this week, but I did want to. Uh, I had a quick couple quick comments on the trailers that I got to see before Venom two. Um, okay. I have like no excitement whatsoever for the next Spider-Man movie that's coming out because I think it looks stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh dear god, does Tom Holland look like Tobey Maguire now? It's <laughs> unsettling. Really? Some really? of the shots in that, he he's got his jawline has aged like 3 years and apparently that's all it took. Like, huh. I don't see it at all. I didn't before this. Yeah. I I mean, I saw the never thought too. that. I, I saw the trailer like, too. I guess I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen Tobey Maguire in a while. That's probably it. Oh, well, nobody has. But <laughs> yeah, probably for the I, best. I, unless you're playing like underground poker games. Like you haven't seen Tobey Maguire in a while. But uh, <laughs> also, I just uh, I want to p- go on record of this right now. If you guys try to do an episode on Goat, I'm quitting the podcast. No, not, we're not going to do it. Dude, no, I'm not. Uh, I would. That oh, no, whole trailer. All I thought about is like you sitting there thinking like I could be watching Malignant again. Really? <laughs> just like, 
You would have to put a gun to my head to go see Goat. Goat is like everything that every A24 person makes fun of. I, yeah, I, so think, I, I think I said that exactly before. No, I'm not even like an A24 guy, okay? Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I, don't I will not like, be watching that movie. Yeah, that movie, that's all about like the grass growing and everything. Like, oh, isn't nature sometimes spooky? Like, I got really bad Midsummer vibes from that. I was I'm already not, not in, and the second I saw that subtitle pop up, I'm like, that's Strike 3. I'm not fucking Honestly, like, I, I have to admit like green knight is probably where i'm out on a24 i i just don't think i'm gonna go back to see any of their stuff again like maybe like they've done other stuff didn't a24 also do uncut gems yes that's a like, yeah so like, like they, that's they, they do real movies sometimes but like a24 yeah okay so i'm just like specifically like okay actually you're right i think maybe it's yeah. just a genre because like the last a24 uh horror movies i liked were i guess only two of them which was the lighthouse which i like quite a bit and uh hereditary and i guess the witch so that'd be like the three, but Midsummer was a dud. Green Knight's not even horror, and Go just looks like it's gonna be annoying, you know. I I definitely found that looks like an, an extremely annoying trailer. But uh, in that case, I apologize and also welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I already planted my flag on a twenty four horror <laughs> sucking <laughs> ass a while ago. <laughs> Alex, what other trailers did you see? Look, you know me. There's no way I'm watching that movie. Come on. I <laughs> unironically thought both of you guys were gonna watch that movie. Oh, oh God, no, no, sir. no. no. I okay. Well, uh, then I uh, should have given yeah. you guys more credit. And again, Thank you. welcome to the nah. Play. Probably not. Um, <laughs> I don't think we'll I watching. saw any other trailers that are worth talking about. Like I saw the uh, trailer for s- that that new Edgar Wright movie for the first time, and like, is that the Last Night in Soho? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, I spent like the first minute of that trailer going like, "This is too British. I can't watch this." And then by the end of the trailer, I was like, eh, "I'm probably gonna watch this." So <laughs> I couldn't. I, I had trouble watching it because as soon as it came on, I was like, "Is that my old roommate?" Because, like, what are the... Not the girl, not the one who with the really fucked up towel, and not the hacker. Uh, what my, my, uh, <laughs> my, my, uh, my ex-roommate, uh, the, the one who was a girl, uh, she looks just like the lead actress in that movie, to the point where it's just like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, I looked up her name, and the actress's name is Thomason, and it just reminded me of The Witch, and it reminded me, more importantly, of uh, the Ready Player One episode, where Parker was like, Thomason, you call me a noob! <laughs> me gamer gloves! <laughs> I promise you, Anya Taylor's Joy. His real name is not Thomason. No, 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 not no, no, not Anya Taylor Joy. The other girl. Wait, there's a actual real woman named Thomason right now. Yeah, and she's in that movie, and Anya Taylor Joy acts opposite her. I didn't get that trailer. Or if I did, I showed up late because it it does look a little British. It looks like it could be good, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of out on psychological horror. It's just like, oh, what if you were in a hotel room, me mate? Same, uh, okay, but like yeah. I, it's it's weird for me to like almost be willing to give Edgar Wright a blank check at this point because I've loved all of his movies except for Scott Pilgrim. But I hate Scott Pilgrim so much that it's like it doesn't really make sense that I'd give the guy that directed to Scott Scott Pilgrim a chance on an extremely British looking psychological I horror. So but, forgot he did uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I never will because you can't tell people you like Edgar Wright without them talking about it, and then it's like fuck, man. Oh man, all I can think about is I. It was like, oh yeah, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Look, I just saw Venom two in theaters. I'm not gonna not see this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Maybe after I get through all my assignments before next football season, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, Parker, what do you got? Well, <clears throat> no, I know it's like a meme to do the oh, so and so is braver than the troops and all that. <laughs> but everyone in Shockma who went face-to-face with that baboon, <laughs> is braver than any troop. 
That is the scariest animal I've ever seen on film. <laughs> that thing is a fucking menace, dude. You could not pay me any amount of money to have that thing run at me. Because, like, I'm sure it's trained. I'm sure it's super sweet. <laughs> but it's like, okay, go. It just shrieks and runs... Like a 3.540 across the hallway screaming. So, this is the uh, scariest thing I've ever seen. So, so, Parker, just to fill you in, according to the trivia, this animal was not a dream to work with. So, oh, good! Uh, <laughs> no kidding! So much. The thing is horrifying. Like, if, the second note I wrote down was, this thing looks fucking pissed. And it never didn't look pissed the entire movie. The first note I took is that the movie opens with monkey surgery and them giving it these weird implants that make it angry. Bonzo goes to the ballroom. I would never in a million, million years be even on the same set as that thing. It is horrifying. It's the angriest animal I've ever seen. Dude, I have heard that like baboons are tough to, uh, so to speak, wrangle, you know? Like, it oh. just shrieks, making the most horrifying, this fucking Pazuzu nightmare face, and then runs faster than anything you've ever seen, full speed, like, what are you gonna yell, cut, and it's gonna stop? Like, fuck no. <laughs> I can't wrangle that thing, are you kidding me? This is why we need Reagan, you know? You need, need to wrangle that motherfucker. Now, the problem with this movie is that since our main characters are just, like, a group of five or six people playing the most obnoxious fucking D&D game you've ever seen. There's not a high body count, so there's a lot of people just hiding and wondering if they're okay, which I get because, like, you have a thousand dollars and a killer monkey on set. You can only do so much. But the ending of this movie, in which (laughs) he tricks the monkey. Let me tell you how. Monkey has murdered all of his friends. That monkey has killed so many people monkey looks across the hallway sees him dead to rights goes full sprint lunges at him got you it's a fucking mirror the monkey flies through the mirror and lands in the incinerator and gets cooked (laughs) it is the greatest thing i've ever seen (laughs) it is like a two-star movie with a five-star ending (laughs) Oh my god, dude, that is so much like the ending to Razorback. <laughs> it's so good, dude. I was gonna yeah. say, that's so much like the ending to Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, I'll say it's just like the ending to Portal. I'm done. Fuck this. I don't like this movie anymore. <laughs> Shinron won't forget it. <laughs> that was a quality pick on your part. <laughs> Because everything uh, about it looks like every shitty, like, early 90s direct-to-VHS horror movie. Which also amplifies it, because, you know, like, there's clearly no money here. Right. If that if that monkey <laughs> acts up, someone might just die on this set. You really feel the terror in their eyes, because a bunch of them said, like, yeah, it's fucking horrifying, I didn't want to be in the room with it. <laughs> so you can <laughs> see the fear on their face as this monster... Not chained up or anything, just runs full speed, shrieking and lunging at them. Uh, Parker, could you give me the title for this one again? Oh, that would be Shakma. The trumpet player? S-H-A-K-M-A. Don't ask me why, that's the name of the monkey. Don't ask me why, dude. What a good-ass movie. You're welcome, buddy. (laughs) 
Now, as you might remember, the Kevin James Swift spot changed to the Kevin Smith spot. So for the first time in my whole ass life, I sat down and watched Dogma start to finish, not on Comedy Central. Because <laughs> as someone, I'm assuming you people are like me, you've seen Dogma about a thousand times in 20 minute chunks because it was just I, I, always I've on. Never even, I have to admit, I've never even seen a second. Go ahead and listen oh. to me. I don't care. Nah. I mean, maybe. Nah. Uh, here's where I fucked up. I thought, like, Strategy you know what? Work. Like, I used to love Kevin Smith movies because, uh, look at me, obviously. That's not a surprise to anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't agree too quickly. <laughs> but, like, I've never seen Dogma. Like, I've seen it in chunks edited for daytime broadcast, which, look, like Kevin Smith or not, that is not the optimal way to watch a Kevin Smith movie. He's right, yeah. censored for 3 o'clock on a Sunday. So I'm like, all right, I'll put this on. Two hours. I played myself like a goddamn fiddle. Ooh. Really played myself here. Um, it's it's interesting because it's clearly his most ambitious movie, and he's never, ever, ever since gone back and tried to do anything like it. But uh, it falls into the trappings of uh, Kevin Smith isn't a good director, which Ooh. is a surprise to no one. A uh, whole lot of just, all right, the camera's here. You guys walk into the frame and uh, just talk about what's happening. All right, now in this scene, uh, Chris Rock will come in and he'll explain a bunch of backstory. All right, now in this scene, Alan Rickman's going to come in and he's going to give you some backstory. And uh, boy, it really suffers. Uh, if anyone else directed this, it'd probably be a lot better. But uh, the man is limited to be well, kind. What year did this come out? Do you I recall? I think 99. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I know that Kevin Smith fans really like this one. Like, this is one of their favorites, right behind, I guess, uh, Clerks 1. Uh, and I, I think this is kind of one of his movies where he he released it and a lot of people are actually like, what? Atheism? From Hollywood? And it was like a big controversial sort of thing. A lot of people were just like, he's attacking the Catholic Church. I was oh, like, yeah. They got real bad. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Catholics got really mad and it turns out we had some bigger fish to fry. Uh, which is a euphemism <laughs> for the thing. So, uh... I have to admit, I haven't seen it. A lot of people say, oh, you're Kevin, why don't you watch Dogma, huh? I'm just like, look, I got enough guilt as it is. I don't need any help here. Uh, I haven't heard a single funny line from that movie, but I also haven't heard a lot of funny lines from Kevin Smith movies in general, so uh, can't imagine that they have any real zingers in this one. Uh, I mean, I wasn't <clears throat> hating my time with it. It's just, it's also just knowing what I know about him now, this weird time capsule, because like, this is, like, back right before Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were, like, anybody. Like, they wait, had to wait, take no. a break in the in the middle of shooting this to go accept their Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, this would have been, like, right just at... on the cusp. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, right before this, when they were doing Chasing Amy, like, Ben Affleck was still sleeping on Kevin Smith's couch. Like, none of these people were anyone, and just knowing where all of them are today makes it very fascinating. Because uh, <clears throat> with all these old Kevin Smith movies, I used to listen to these fucking commentaries like podcasts. Like, I'd fall asleep mm -hmm. to these shits. And it's really interesting just hearing them talk about how Kevin Smith told him, like, dude, you shouldn't do that Shakespeare in Love movie. It's going to ruin your career while filming a stupid movie about Christianity. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It's not good. But I had a, it, almost a nostalgic time with it because. It's like the one from that period I never saw all the way through. I saw Clerks more times than I'd ever care to admit. 
same with ball rats but this one just got past me and also it was either this or like tusk or yoga hosers and i'll be goddamned if i sit through yoga those hosers. i'm not gonna watch yoga hosers. Yeah, absolutely not yeah i haven't seen mall rats either so uh cool. geez i haven't i really haven't seen like a lot of kevin smith movies what do you say? I saw is that so one I saw clerks one i saw clerks two the good one i saw um what are the two I, guys? I, uh, Silent Bob and the other guy, uh, Strike Back, and I saw their uh, reboot movie, and I think those are... I am... Oh, no, I saw your... The fucking one that uh, Parker assigned me, that stupid piece of shit, where they go to, like, yes, the south. Whatever that thing is called. Dude. And I also saw the... What is that? Uh, the, what was it? The, uh, the police one or something? Was it? Cop Out. That... Cop Out's his worst. Cop Out's well, definitely his uh, worst. <laughs> this is probably a bad time to admit that, for me, it's Clerks 2 and Chasing Amy. That's it. Oh, That's the list. You're probably good. Yeah, probably I, I know. I, I'm great. I'm golden. Yeah, you saw Clerks too, the good one. So, Look, Kevin Smith is Aaron Sorkin Him for people with point. Batman t-shirts, and that's fine. Yeah. Everyone has a type. And he, it you know, is. he is stuck in his own purgatory, where he's just doing this for every single uh, picture that people request with him. <laughs> Which is why it's crazy going back to 99 Like he's like building this thing He's one of those guys like mentioned Alongside Tarantino as like this Hot new crop of indie filmmakers Yeah yeah And he's making he was this the big guy. ass movie Like has all these future stars in it And then just never ever ever tries to do anything This big ever again It's just like no it's just my friends in Jersey Again and we're just gonna do this And here's yeah, my daughter in hockey jerseys. A lot Harley of hockey jerseys Quinn Smith well, I mean, you have to understand, he's probably a huge hockey fan because the goalie jerseys are the only ones that can fit him. <laughs> man, I was really going to do the one. Calling. I know. I knew it was coming, man. I was really going to do, what does Alan Rickman do to Matt Damon's brown area? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, for all this movie's faults, uh, when it comes to casting, having the Cardinal opening the church played by George Carlin is a pretty good bit. He's pretty good at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think... Chris, you might get something out of it just because you have grew up watching Clerks and Clerks too. but... I didn't grow Alex, up watching... That is the meanest <laughs> okay, thing. Hang on. Hang on. So, either you watch it in your teens or you Alex, watch it you want to just, 20s. like, make this a two-person thing? We could just... Hang on. <laughs> uh, I, I just, hey, I'm just thinking about the seven words you can't say in heaven, so... Yeah. <laughs> what, did you watch Clerks in your, like, Consent. late 20s? Like, no, when did I... would it be? Actually, no, I, when did I watch Clerks? I think I watched Clerks when I was 17. It was yeah. at a friend's house. And yeah. I, I would not say it was growing up, because... I, uh, I, I watched Clerks, too, when I was 15 at a drama company cast party. And, uh, oh my god, I love wait, every word of it. That's for you guys. I thought that Clerks 2 came out in 2006. How did you watch it when you were 15? Uh, buddy, I'm December 1990. Oh, there we go. I love that yeah. for you. Yeah. Drama Club. Uh, Boy, that party yeah. must have smelled better than you okay. think. So, Suburbs. Uh, you know what? I'll rephrase it then. Anyone who would get anything out of this has already seen it. Yeah. I was just, I was just putting in the time for myself just because. Yeah. It's either it was either going to be this or something he's made in the last five years, and I dodge life is too precious. <laughs> Honestly, you probably made the right call on this one. Absolutely, you know, go with some like well known. You know, I think that'll do it. Yeah, I didn't, we've we've uh, begun our our quest through Gold Rush. Oh, you want to talk uh, about? I am I am yeah. fairly confident I could be a better gold miner than this fucking dude. Game. I fucking <laughs> Todd Hoffman is like so bad at this. <laughs> 
I... You're doing the fucking, like, uh, door of the Explorer. There it is! Behind you! The you gold! Wanna... <laughs> Parker, you wanna, you, wanna, you wanna give the listeners the setup for what you've seen so far? They're in South America, and, like, every episode they're going to a different country. They're like, alright, we're gonna try and set up here. And they spend all this time and money buying the equipment, setting it all up, getting all this local help, and then they mind it. They're like, yeah, you're not gonna make any money off this. And then they just pack their shit and go to another country. <laughs> They're so fucking bad at this. Like, yeah, there's a lot of untapped potential here. You know, if we find the good stuff, we can make like 60 grand an inch. It's like, if if it was there, they would have fucking found it. It's not 1914, dickhead. Like, it's gone. It's done, been tapped. You I'm, give me the backstory that <laughs> this all started out of the recession. He was like, hey guys, I can make us some money. Really added a layer that got me hooked in. Yeah, so uh, this guy owns. I'll provide that for the listeners. The first season of Gold Rush is like 2009, 2010, something like that, in that range. And like the entire like this one crew all comes about because it's like all of these like dudes that like lost their jobs in the recession and like they're all down on their luck, out living in like rural Washington or fucking whatever. And they're all like, you know, we gotta go provide for our families. So they all go up to Alaska to mine gold. And the first two seasons, this guy, like, sucking ass at mining gold in Alaska. Season three, they finally figure it out. They're finally, like, raking it in. They're, like, pulling in gold ounce over ounce. And, uh, as a response to all of their success, they have their their head guy just go, yeah, but what if we took all of this knowledge and expertise in the Arctic and went to South America instead? Like, there's one, they just literally drive out, like, alright, we got the coordinates, and they're just in the middle of the fucking desert. It's like, uh, we need water. And they just wait for someone to come in with a helicopter and take them to the water. It's <laughs> incredibly good. It's They're the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever seen. And it, it gets it gets better for you, because, like, they, they jump between three crews, and, like, the other two crews are competent at worst. So you get, like, a proxy of, like, this is how you correctly mine gold, followed by these dudes, like, driving their equipment off a cliff in the jungle. Like, it's amazing. Because, <laughs> uh, you me season four, and, uh, our good friend Repick added them to his plex for me, and it turned out there was, like, a little mini-season before season four, and I was like, I got, like, halfway through the episode, and I thought, like, well, maybe I'll just skip this. And then as soon as I looked up, they were driving, and, like, there were three different bus crashes going down a cliff. And I was like, I guess I'm watching <laughs> this, dude. I'm just going to watch all of it. They are so bad at all of it. <laughs> They're so fucking bad at it. I am locked in. I'm going to burn through this so quickly. I know you are, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so good. <coughs> How do you... How can you be bad at mining gold after doing it for, like, five years? <laughs> it seems like either you find it or you don't. Am I crazy? And a lot of don't, dude. Trust me. I, th- I think the, the last season that Todd and his crew is on is, like, season 11. And they're, like, struggling oh to make enough, like, find enough gold in that season still. After 11 oh years. It's guys, we so should, good. We should go look for gold. We should stop podcasting <laughs> yeah, gold. It's also worse than this. Yeah, absolutely. I've never once in my life considered it. After an episode and a half, I was like, I could probably do this. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could rent a fucking forklift and go make this happen. We just we tell some venture capital guys that we're gonna go look for Bigfoot and uh then we just spend all the money mining for gold and then we use the like gold a, to go find Bigfoot. 
They're going to these South American towns, like, entering a city, and then, like, everyone fucking turns and stares at him, like, fucking children of the corn, and they're like, oh, we have to go talk to this guy, this guy looks mad, he's got a gun, it's like, maybe just don't go to South America if they don't want you there, like, <laughs> go the fuck home. They're about to get murdered by the people who own the land, and they're like, oh, dang, I guess we'll get out of here, and then there's three bus crashes. I love this show, <laughs> So good. It's amazing. They're so bad at it. Oh, that'll do it for me this week, boys. Let us discuss a movie. It's one thing. Yes. Call it. it's Let's a, talk about cinematic Venom. experience. Yes, the event. Is really, what they call it. Everyone's talking about it. So, first reaction here is, I should watch Bronson. I heard that was really good. <laughs> what are the Tom Hardy movies is he indecipherable in? Most of them. I, oh, Man, yeah. The one drawback to seeing in that giant XD screen on a Sunday night, that sound was echoing a bit, and mm-hmm. boy, could have used some subtitles. Yeah. Struggling. <laughs> yeah, hope, uh, hope nobody assigns you Peaky Blinders, Parker. Because, oh. uh... Oh boy! <laughs> I've never seen that either. I kind of do want to see it, but it's pretty good. But uh, yeah. when his character shows up, it's like him doing his actual voice. And uh, yeah. well, here's the thing: when he speaks, luck. like when he speaks like British, I can more or less understand it. But we notice in the first Venom movie that when he does an American accent, I think our main takeaway is: what is he doing? What is he <laughs> trying to do with this character? <laughs> he sounds like. You guys remember when we did Miami Vice and like just yeah. Colin Farrell sounded like sounded like he snorted an entire eight ball before every scene? It's yeah. like that, except I don't think he's high. Right? Yeah. It's just like, what exactly are you going for here, Tom? It's it kind of reminds me of that scene from like the disaster. It's like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> Why is he doing my Bam Margera impression? <laughs> <laughs> This movie costs a lot of money, dude. Yeah. Gal Gadot in Venom. So, uh, the movie begins uh, long ago in uh, a reform school for unwanted right. children. Let me pause you right there. Boy, yeah, this is my immediate to, uh-oh. To have a flashback to 1996, the time the filmmakers chose to give us when Woody Harrelson is a teenager. Absolutely <laughs> go fuck yourself. Why even put a date on it? Just say the past. If you're not gonna put like make it like 1970 fucking five, like what are we doing? I know what that guy fucking looks like in the rest of this movie. No, yeah, absolutely. I know what he looked like in 1996. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, I think that that was when he was a natural born killer. Yes, honestly. <laughs> so uh, we know he didn't look like that. So uh, that was bad. Anyway, back at the Adams family mansion. Uh, Dude, see- that fucking house. <laughs> Are you joking? The first five seconds it opens on that spooky mansion, like the backlit scary mansion. I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And then it cut to them and their not, performances. And not wrote, only. Oh no. See, that's the thing is, depending on the lighting, I'm pretty sure that's the same set that they use in movies over and over again. I'm pretty sure it's the same set as, like, fucking Cruella. And I'm pretty sure that was the same insane asylum that they use in Malignant. So, happy to see this place get some loving. <laughs> A and, lot of Malignant uh, vibes in this movie. Anyway, uh, teenage Woody Harrelson is communicating with a black girl who uh, will later be named Shriek because she can yell really loud. She's a banshee. 
And she has a superpower in uh, a world that was previously known as grounded in some sort of uh, realism. <laughs> is it crazy that like I come into this movie with the guy with the goop monster, and they introduce her, and I'm like, nah. That, that was the same this. thing. Honestly, this that out was the same here. thing. I, I will say this. This is one of the things that the first movie did really well, is that every single other superhero movie I've seen is kind of over the top, which is fine, because it's, like, it's a comic book movie, but they tried really hard in Venom to like contrast... Venom, the character, and the goop with this realistic sort of world. And it worked so well. And the first thing we get is an X-Men villain. And it just, I don't know, it kind of feels like it's a bit much. And I understand why she's there. And I understand the impact that she has both on, like, the narrative and, like, the the story and everything. And I I get it. But, like, right off the bat, I'm just like, oh, she shouldn't be here. And not because she's black. But, uh, I don't know, it just kind of... (laughs) French vanilla! (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> it was a real like like to see the fucking like Marvel placard before the movie starts and then get that character. It's just like, all right, man. I like I I understand like we're dealing with Venom. Like nobody doesn't think Venom's from a comic book. This isn't like something like Guardians of the Galaxy where there's like plausible deniability that it's from a Marvel comic. Right. But also like the first movie just feels like a movie, and then like. Within 45 seconds of this one, it's like, oh, it's one of these. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is kind of sad that they're backsliding into this. I think when I talked about the first Venom, I said it felt like a movie that found its way out of, like, 2005. Yeah. I'd like to apologize. This is the most 2005-ass comedy. This is the most 2000... Yeah. Well, since the last time we did Fantastic Dude, a friend and I were... (laughs) Sorry. Oh, all right. Uh, a friend and I were texting us like, dude, this is the most 2003 action movie we've ever seen. And then I thought, well, I guess it technically makes it perfect for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure like, does, the yeah. movie that I thought of the most while watching this was X-Men 3. Like, to oh, me, though, that's one. like the same fucking movie in my mind. I don't remember yeah. what year that was, but uh, roughly when the soul of this movie came out. You know, right, back yeah. when uh, back when Woody Harrelson was only like 30. Yeah, <laughs> a teenager. Anyway, so during uh, the prime of his life. <laughs> well, uh, the the one guy who was young, Woody Har- as if he was ever young. Uh, Woody Harrelson was also in the movie. We, I guess we're going to have to. It, I can't call him that. I'm going to have to call him by his character name. Hold on, Cletus do you, do you, Cassidy. Do you think Josh is finding out for the first oh. time that that was? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Damn it. <laughs> Very funny, guys. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. Yeah. Just recorded. <laughs> found my balls. <laughs> so Cletus Cassidy, world-renowned serial killer. Uh, <laughs> we actually named this guy Cletus, really? Uh, he's really sad because after leaving the reform school, he doesn't have a girlfriend to fuck. And she's really sad because she doesn't have a boyfriend to fuck. So, uh, while she's driving... no GF and you have to join the the Fox countdown show as a robot. Right, yeah. (laughs) I do what I could, man. Yeah, well... He's the only other Cletus I know. Yeah, right. I was thinking of, like, there was a character from The Simpsons or something. Or at least six members of Parker's family tree. So anyway, she's in the... For it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, it was right there. <laughs> I know. So she's sitting... <laughs> it's like a vine that looks like DNA. <laughs> <laughs> so she's sitting in like the... Uh, I guess it's more like the, the dog kennel car. And as she's being driven away, she's like, Any last words, Spider-Man? And the guard is just like, Oh, I'm actually just some guy. And she shrieks in his ear and he's like, uh, Okay, 
pow, right in her eye. That's <laughs> pretty funny. She, she's like, hey, fuck out of here, just shoots her in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently it actually does graze her eye because she's got like a scar and she's got like one like uh, fucked up eye for the rest of the movie. Much like the character Screw Eyes from uh, Screw Face from Mark for Death. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> You're right, though. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, anyway, that cop grew up to be... I wrote down Donnie Wahlberg, and it turns out it's not I him, f- and I am so fucked up as a result. I thought until this moment that was Donnie Wahlberg with the worst hair. Apparently, it's... What it was it? Was Steven Graham or someone else I've never heard of? That's not real. It's, it's, I'm person. going to call him Donnie Wahlberg for the rest of the show. We're all in the same And that's it. It's fine. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh... Anyway, Tom Hardy, a.k.a. Eddie Brock. Oh, remember that one on my own. Look at me, I'm getting smarter. Uh, is living with Venom. Oh, that's also his name. Uh, in the same sort of uh, apartment where he was living before. This guy was like a super famous journalist, and this is the best apartment that he could afford, which goes to show you, don't major in journalism, kids. Uh, and he's still, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty much the odd couple, you know? Like, Eddie Brock would like to get back to journalism and hopefully get lead, and Venom would like to eat some chocolate and maybe some human heads. And uh, from there, conflict. Yin and yang. Uh, yeah. It's literally just the Chad and Virgin meme, but the same person. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're fighting with each other a lot. And uh, he is called to uh, Cletus Cassidy. Boy, that's tough. He's called a Cletus Cassidy cell. And boy, howdy. You see Woody Harrelson's shriveled up mushroom of a face sitting there with the same hair that Har 5 had. And it's just ridiculous. So and I have a he's question. Like, why do I remember Hard Five? No, like, I don't know. I no, remember not it. at all. So, that, that, that's okay, go that's yeah. gonna live in my memory forever. Remember that time yeah. you put on the cock ring and it was like too small and I got stuck. Yep. <laughs> Wish I didn't. Well, you're Thank welcome. Thank you. Anyway, um, What's the question. So, why does this guy call Tom Hardy to come talk to him in the prison cell? Uh, I think that. Eddie Brock had reported on Cletus Cassidy's life and crimes in the past, and that's why uh, he decided to call him there. Which is the only explanation I can think of. He can't even say, like, oh, he called him because he's a famous journalist, and he so, can get his story like, out, and maybe Shriek could come save okay, him. Okay, but that's Eddie Brock was like, disgraced at this point. That's the reason the movie states, though, is he's like, yeah, I like your work. Like, that's the genesis. Is that really what plot. he says? That's literally what he says. And I, In I'm that like, case, that makes I, no sense. Well, so I'm sitting there like, well, clearly this is like, he needs to get this message out so like his girlfriend breaks out of jail or something. But uh, it turns out, no, he actually just wanted to talk to him. And literally this entire plot is because Venom solved the crime instead of just taking this guy's final words and like fucking off. It's... You know, here's a weird thing. It's like, I've seen the, I saw a lot of trailers for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, and Woody Harrelson in the trailer seems so much creepier than he is in the movie. Like, in the trailer, you're just like, wow, this guy's really fucked up. What's going to happen? And this, he's just like, you're like family to me. And I'm just like, boy, he sounds like fucking Forrest Gump when you don't have, like, the good music in the background, you know? Like, it just doesn't work. And I was, I don't know, I was, I was kind of disappointed. I do sort of like Woody Harrelson in this movie in bursts, but there are also moments where it's just like, oh, this is a letdown. Uh, anyway, yeah, he decides that he'll confess his life story in poetry form. Great. And uh, then, I, I guess, uh, Venom's just like, wait, I have another idea! Look over here! And uh, Tyler's like, what? Ah! And he sees in his cell all these writings on the wall. That's the door's wide open. 
No one looked in there? No one looked in there and went, hmm. Nancy Drew on the fucking case. (laughs) Every inch of the wall has things carved into it. And no one, everyone was just like, oh, he thinks he's an artist. Well, cuckoo. So he goes on the news. Oh, God, we have to talk about this soon. So I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that for the most part I was enjoying this movie. And then there was a certain point where I lunged like a baboon for my pen and paper for, uh, for a scene to write something down and say oh no and that's when Venom takes control of Tom Hardy's body pulls out like a, a sheath of paper and two uh, markers it goes like this in super fast motion it's just like oh no that's the most 2003 ass CGI I've ever seen in my fucking life thank you Andy Circus. because like you see that scene and you have to think to yourself does Venom jack him off sometimes uh, you like if he could just take a, it's oppressive. You have to think about it. <laughs> it's literally he takes oppressive. over his hands. That's that took over the next ten minutes in the movie, and that whole ten minutes was like setting up the plot, which turns out didn't matter. So that was a net win on my part. It, uh, Time for your dick flattening, Eddie. Brings a uh, brings a new def- <laughs> new definition of the term getting brain. <laughs> it looks like a fucking early Tim Burton movie, you know. So a Tim Burton, not one, not one of the good ones. So I was uh, more so than a, a little, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he keeps drawing, and and Tom Hardy, who I guess is mentally handicapped at this point, I don't know how can he not tell what's going on. He's like, oh, I recognize that it's a tree, and I'm just like, did they get the character sheets like reverse of which one's supposed to not understand like human stuff? Here? So Tom Hardy's so, not right. <laughs> I don't it's like know. It's fucking Blue's Clues. I know. <laughs> I, again, I felt like a fucking Nick Jr. character. He was like, look, look, I recognize that. And then at one point, I, I swear to God, he does this. He draws, like, the, the cliffs and the mountains there, and he inserts it over a picture, like the fucking Wayfinder from Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> and what's the reveal of that picture? Like, like what is the scene transition immediately out of that picture, Chris? It's it's the the cliffs by I think it's the uh, insane kids mansion where they're digging up all the bodies that he buried or whatever. <laughs> Literally, he drew the fucking place where he buried all the bodies on the wall, and nobody thought to look. Not only that, but they go find the bodies, and then he's mad like, "Wow, now I'm getting the fucking death penalty." It's like, yes. Also, the montage of them finding the bodies set to heroic superhero music as the headline comes up, reinstating the death penalty just for this guy <laughs> dying laughing. My Not f- only first just legitimate the- laugh. That was my favorite thing. It was like, okay, we finally found the bodies. Now we know that they're for real dead. Now we know we can juice the guy. Also, Eddie Brock's career up in an upswing. <laughs> it's like newspapers flying at the screen in a 1940s movie. Yeah, it's like... Extra, <laughs> extra. Cletus Cassidy to hang. Like, okay, cool. All right, I guess I'll go. And yeah, you're right. Eddie Brock is in his cell going, Ah! I didn't know he solved my crime. <laughs> I genuinely ah, don't understand what he All of the boys are yeah. here. Hey, yo, let's go here. You fucking took my life from me. Like, what? Who are you? You have to think there's going to be a better guy? ulterior motive than, I just want a friend. You know, it's like, well, you left the door open. <laughs> you drew all over. <laughs> he literally... You gave us all the clues, Mr. Police. <laughs> he literally just wanted to get a message to his girlfriend before he died, and instead we get this whole movie that didn't need to happen. 
Which is weird. I kept thinking it's just like he gets a message to her, I'm still alive, you're still alive, let's do... And she would like break out with her super screaming and she doesn't do that. He breaks her out. And like the whole thing is like the like the one scene we have of her in like present day prison is like her just like fiendishly reading the newspaper for like any message that might come from. So like it's clear there's like some sort of arrangement there where he's like, yeah. hey, if I'm gonna die, just like put this weird poetry in there so at least she'll know that you know I was thinking about her before yeah. I go. Which like that all makes sense. And that's one thing I will say to like the first act of this movie. Like one thing this movie does really well is like the show-not-tell characterization of the characters. Like, like mm-hmm. let's take Tom Hardy's character, for instance. Like, the scene after all this happens, he's, like, in his kitchen, he's wearing a Golden State Warriors shirt. The season after that, he's on his motorcycle, he's got a Detroit Lions jacket on. So, like, we know from this that he's just a bandwagoner. He just loves nothing but champions. <laughs> and, uh, it's, like, it's really important to understanding his character to, like, remember that. <laughs> okay. I'm so um, happy. That's true. Yeah, we know that uh, as a result, Tom Hardy's character doesn't have any integrity, and Venom is the one who has to provide it for him. <laughs> we but, just need to mention how hard they lead into. Okay, Eddie's going to say something, and then the Venom voice is going to say a little little joke afterwards. And look, I didn't laugh, but I appreciate just the leaning into. No, it's going to be every line of dialogue for the first half hour of this movie is going to have a shitty punchline afterwards. So, I'm different. I did laugh for the most part, and I what really appreciate it. Well, there are, I have to admit, a lot of the jokes really worked on me, and I kind of feel that it's sort of like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 aspect where it's sort of shouting back at the culture. I kind of feel like... I, <laughs> I write a lot, and every once in a while I'll write something that doesn't feel especially good, and then I'll write the next sentence afterwards, some stupid little line, like, making fun of the previous sentence or something like that. And it kind of feels like the writer's just like, well, just leave that in there, you know? And I think for this movie it works. And one of the things that I liked about the first movie is that when I heard these two together and I heard that, oh, this is what they're going for with Venom, I was like, boy, I'd love to watch a movie with them together where they're just the odd couple. But then I got this. And this wasn't quite what I was hoping for, uh, partially due to the fact that there's no real surprise. Like, I I think I mentioned this when we talked about Venom previously, but I know Venom from the cartoon, where he was, like, the scariest villain with, like, the old, like, goop and everything. He was frightening. And then this one, he's just a big old goofball. But now I know he's a goofball. I know you're going to portray him that way. He's not going to be the most serious guy in the world. And it's like... Getting, like, no surprise out of it does decrease it somewhat. I still like it, but it's kind of like... No one has as much fun with Chappelle's show the second time that they watch it as they did the first time. It's still good the second time, but that first time has that magic. You can't quite get it back, you know? So, I'm not saying this is as good as the Chappelle show, because, uh, obviously, no. But, uh... Okay, go around the room. What sketch did you first put Venom in your head when he said that? <laughs> I, had him in, I, had him in, I had him in the cold open... Chappelle Show. Explain the harmonica. I had, play, I had player haters ball. I cannot say the name of the family. <laughs> <laughs> but Parker can! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm imagining Go on, Alex. Story. Say it. No one's listening that's anyway. <laughs> that's really getting Yeah, me. Yeah. How do you think I feel? It's, I look. I maybe it's Marvel so humor. Cursed. 
maybe it's Marvel humor, but I laughed when uh, when Tom Hardy was like, "No, we have to clean up my apartment and get rid of those two fucking chickens." And uh, Venom was just like, "No, Sonny and Cher are best friends." <laughs> I that made me laugh. I, I like that. I thought that was good. Uh, but uh, it obviously it's not working out. Uh, they're still disagreeing on things. Venom would really like to bite off some people's heads, and Tom Hardy would really prefer if he doesn't do that. And I have a solution. He could be just like Dexter. He could kill the bad guys. Uh, I thought you were going to say they should compromise. He should just eat half the head instead. <laughs> what if we just chew it out and like suck out the juices and like, put it back, like you do with Skittles, you know, to lose weight with the saliva? Wrestlers do that sometimes. Anyway, and he gets a call from his ex-girlfriend, or someone, I guess. Uh, Was she and... in the first one? I don't remember. I can't remember if that was her or a different girl. Wait, no. I remember her being in it because I turned. And I was like Michelle Williams. I was like, oh, it's not the Michelle Williams I thought this was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, he calls her up. No, she calls him up, and she's just like, "Hey, could we like talk?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to talk." She's like, "Can we meet up in person?" And he should have known. He really should have known right up at that point. She's like, "I'd like." There's something I'd like to tell you in person, just right off the bat. It's not going to be, I'd like to suck your dick. It's going to so, be something bad. Like, like it, you know in this scene that it can only be one of two things. Either she's pregnant or she's marrying somebody else. And then Venom's like, oh no, she just wants you, dude. If Venom was like, oh fuck, dude, you got her pregnant, that would have been a hilarious joke. And like, <laughs> it was right there for the taking and they didn't take it. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, boy, well, you don't want Venom, baby. I, also, that's why it's got... funny, because you're thinking about Venom, baby, for like two minutes. If I got invited to an expensive ass restaurant just to be told, by the way, I'm marrying this guy. Oh, oh, I'm causing a scene. You're I'm paying. Being thrown out. <laughs> I'm not paying a dime because I'm flipping tables. And you're grabbing. You're grabbing the guy's violin and just screaming, "This is a fancy restaurant." <laughs> I am eating three cheesecakes and then getting DJ Jazzy Jeff out of the building. Go fuck yourself, lady. I'm you're getting tossed you. through the plate glass window like you're Norm McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to talk about the scene where Eddie sees his ex-girlfriend. He makes a soy face. He just straight up eats like this. And he looks <laughs> he <does. at> her. <laughs> He sees her. He's just like... <laughs> you can play that as many times as you want. I'm not going to get tired of it. Thank you. I Eddie Brock is literally the... My feet hurt. I wish I was going to With the monster alien inside of him telling him to stop being such a virgin So loser. here's the wildest part of this entire scene to me. How the fuck does she know that he has venom in him? There is no way that she could possibly tell. Look at him. This is how he acts all the fucking time. <laughs> this dude is Look. the weirdest guy in whatever city he's in. Obviously not Detroit. He's a bandwagoner. So she should know <laughs> that there's something weird about this guy to begin with. It's not the alien. She's well, Venom, if you're there, then uh, I, I don't know. I was hoping for a more clever comeback. but uh, Okay, first anyway, of all, he... there's like eight shots of the Golden Gate Bridge in this movie. So uh, I don't know what you were watching, but uh, we know where it is. I... I was probably writing stuff down, and the light on under my table did not work, so these are very hard to read. Uh, anyway, he drives home on his motorcycle, and this shot is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Because it's just shot straight on like this, and it's so clearly, like, green screened in. He's just sitting on, like, one of those, like, Toys R Us ride bikes like this, and they had a blue screen in the background with a, with a background going like, like that. The same technique that they use in A Clockwork Orange, which was filmed in 1971. This, uh, <laughs> this scene desperately needed a song. 
and like something stupid, like the first cut is the deepest or something. Like, oh yeah, yeah, get incredible. us a really bad needle drop. Like, <laughs> oh, that wasn't the. I thought somebody that else had a not... spin button. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I didn't do that. <laughs> Parker was experimenting. He's doing. He has his own bully board and everything. <laughs> he just bought a monkey. All Big things coming, folks. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend's coming in. Slosh, slosh, slosh with the boots in the mud. <laughs> Okay, Him doing all the real. voices of the people yeah. in the apartment, like Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't turn my camera on, because I don't have my Doubtfire makeup ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Eddie Brock goes to... I didn't do a Robin Williams voice there. It's called Mercy. Look it up. Eddie Brock decides that he's going to go to uh, Carnage... He's not Carnage yet. Cletus Cassidy's cell. And I guess talk. Yeah, that's again. a good point. He's not Carnage yet. Yeah. Looking at my watch. Yeah. This movie's ninety <laughs> minutes. Let's go. Yeah, I don't. It's in the fucking title. Let's go. Personally, uh, why did he go? I guess the police asked him. Hey, can you go over there because uh, we don't know how to do our jobs? <laughs> it's it, no, it's okay. I, I for some reason paid attention to this godforsaken movie. He went over there because Cletus sent him a postcard that said. Hey, I'm gonna yeah, die because of you. The least you can do is come see me before I die. And he's like, "Yeah, you're right. That would be a decent human being thing to do." And then Venom's like, "No, I'm the bad guy. You should not go." And then he's like, "Just listen to me this one time." So they go. I am the bad guy. Okay, so he. Dis- <laughs> they really like just kind of. I know they mentioned it a couple times, but like this dude's a serial killer. He's a horrible person who's murdered many people. And it's just kind of him just writing his fucking stand letter like, hey man, it's really yeah. fucked up that you got me killed. It's like, am I supposed to feel something Both sides, this guy I've seen in one scene? Both sides. You're right, I'm yeah. sorry. You gotta, think about, you gotta think about who these scenes are for, and it's for all the girlfriends that got dragged to this movie and had to turn off their true crime podcasts. See, that's the thing about it. This, yeah, she this, wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like Cletus Cassidy, we never actually see him kill anyone until the final act where it's just drawn in like stick figures. Like, oh, I threw a hairdryer to the water. Also, I was abused, so it's okay. But, like, I I don't <laughs> well, know anything about this guy. Works. Yeah, I, I haven't seen, I don't know anything about this guy until he gets killed. I can't believe so, they waited so I, long to tell us that Cletus was neurodivergent and a minor. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I hate all the people that for every mo- comic movie like they should make an R-rated Batman that's like really dark and violent. But like, come on, man, this movie should not have been PG thirteen. And to be not- fair, it did use it one. It did use its one F word uh, decently well. So and it's not even that. But just like the fact that it's PG thirteen, it's the fact that like this movie is like. It does, like, the mean-spirited violence thing that you don't expect from a comic book movie, which is, like, one of the things that sets it apart, but it does it all off-camera, because it's PG-13. Like, so many heads get squished in this movie that don't need to. Like, that priest dying in the third act, like, wholly unnecessary, but they don't show you. So it's like, what is the fucking effect of this? It's like, you either either let me see this dude get his head squished and his brain eaten, or you you cut it from the fucking movie and he gets away. Like, you can't... I agree. I I totally agree. The climactic battle has a priest... Viciously and like vividly getting his head bitten off. I'm adding a star. Yeah, exactly. That's you know that's what gets me is it's probably the fault of the movie, but it could also be the fault of like the studio because here's how you show that scene in a PG-13 movie. It's still not as good as you would in an R-rated movie, but what you do is he gets lifted up by Carnage and he bites his head, up, but only the head is off screen. And you see the body shake. You see like the the leg shaking. That's scary. That's enough, and you could use your imagination to fill in the rest. It's not as good as it would have been in an R, as I've said, but like that's how you do it. And we don't even get that 
it just leaves and it's such a quick cut away it really seemed unnatural it really seemed forced it really seemed like a studio note it really seemed like they were like no you can't do that you already used an F word and that's enough to cut away from this so that's why they got away from it that's the way I think I'm just surmising anyway Anyway, like I'm not crazy. This movie's edited horribly, oh, right? Yes, like, yes, not crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, not I snuck in some white claws, so like I can't trust my judgment 100. percent But it seems like there'd be just long stretches where it was mangled together. Like it almost feels like they were told, like, no, this has to be 90 minutes. Yeah, the transition. Cut this into a montage. There's some rough transitions. I, I will say there's not exactly like I wouldn't call it wasted space in this movie, but there are things that don't resolve the way that they ought to and that's what kind of gets me about is because it uses the 90 minutes in a way that ordinarily i guess i would like like there's nothing that goes nowhere it's just that they go to a place that they shouldn't go to you know and i guess that kind of bugs me anyway here's a scene that it does kind of do a lot for me um this is where uh venom and eddie brock are in the cell and they're confronting uh the bad guy Cletus Cassidy and Cassidy's insulting him and I, I think he insults uh, his mother said well you weren't able to protect your mother or something like that or you killed her or, or something like that and to, uh, Eddie Brock and Venom or Eddie Brock as Venom or maybe Venom as Eddie Brock reaches out through the bars and attacks him together as one this actually does kind of play into the uh, the breakup they have in the second act of the movie and the eventual reconciliation in the third act where they realize that they are a team. I guess they call themselves the Lethal Protector, which I thought was like a funny joke, kind of like calling yourself Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it turns out that's actually a run of comic books, so uh, what do I know? Uh, God damn it. Uh, as that just made me hate it more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It kind of kills that joke, doesn't it? Anyway, uh... I kind of realized from this, all you got to do in order to become a more dangerous form of Venom is to ingest Venom. Because he bites Venom and, like, ingests some of the blood and then he becomes one of the red ones. See, he's bonding with the bad guy! He's so stupid! All I can think about is, like, this is just how vampires work. Like, in reverse. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so... If they kill Venom, does Carnage die? Like, how? Like, what's the what's the lore here? Like, I I got way too. I don't know. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't think that's the case since Carnage was trying to kill him the whole time. But you know. Yeah, they can't uh, be. Maybe it's like Highlander. There can be only one. So this is another one where you could really use Russell the R rating. Okay, he's Venom. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get it out. My bad. Dude, I kind of think that Razorback could take both Venom and Carnage. In a heartbeat? Are you kidding? With the symbiote? Imagine Somebody it. Somebody put it on salty bed. Give me five <laughs> of those movies, please. Dude, would that movie make it into Omnicom Fantasy? It probably should. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, by the way, speaking this, of, I don't know if you guys follow that channel at all. I don't. But, but fucking, I'm sorry, but like every three days, Joel posts. Wow, it's so great how I'm not paying any attention to the WNBA playoffs. It's like motherfucker, we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> who was the, who was so a white guy he got really mad at because he was like taunting during rage or something? <laughs> no, was Marshall Henderson, dude. <clears throat> Marshall Henderson, thank you. I'm never oh, gonna forget boy. Marshall Henderson, dude. Yeah, he was doing the fucking sorry. gator jump, gator chomp to the Florida bench. That's why he hated it, but it's way funnier for all the other reasons. Oh, I yeah, I completely forgot about that. Oh, I will <laughs> never forget that me. guy. Yeah. Absolute yeah. NCAA hero. That was. One of my first interactions with our good friend. <laughs> yeah. During that. Yeah, everyone just stomping on him. Anyway, uh, 
so this is another part where the movie could use an R rating, is where we have our good friend Cletus Casty chained up to the electric chair, and they're going to juice him. And the uh, Carnage Venom symbiote starts coursing through his veins, and he transforms into the bad guy. And it's like, it's the most PG sort of transformation I've ever seen. There was a little kid next to me, I was just like, jeez, dude, did you watch the trailer? He's got like the, the arms and the thing. It's going to scary. He's going to bite your head off. The kid was, like, really excited. There's nothing. This is, like, so boring and lame. Like, whenever I think about scary transformation, you got to go back to John Carpenter's The Thing. That's what I was hoping for. And apparently that was one of the reference points for the first movie. And in here, not even used at all. And I'm just like, boy, you have the blueprint right here for how this transformation ought to look. Nothing. I, it just really disappointed me. Especially because this is part of Cletus Cassidy's DNA now. Because he ingested it. This is something literally inside of him. The Venom symbiote that Tom Hardy has should be on, I guess, what the outside of his clothes or whatever. Because we see Venom leave Tom Hardy. And now he uh, starts to infect other people. Oh, my God. Oh, and he goes to... Oh, now, you guys know how I feel oh, about club scenes. Oh, my God. Hey, you know how... You know, how we talk, compare this to like a 2000s comic book movie? Mm-hmm. Put a gun to my head the next time I watch one of these where it's like, alright, in the second act, they refuse their powers. Fuck yourself. Yeah, I that don't, fucking I cannot sucks. take it. I cannot take it anymore. I, I just can't. I hate it so this much. This whole yeah. fucking club scene feels like it's straight out of an Amy Schumer movie. Like, it re- you I, know what? Honestly, it doesn't even feel that good. Like I, I was don't like... digging my fingernails in my armrest. I was so uncomfortable when he's wa- when I saw her on the microphone and him walking towards the stage. I went to full like retreat fight or flight it's mode. So yeah, it's worse than that for me because there's yeah, all yeah. of the baggage of how bad this scene is, and also literally the one thing we know about Venom is that he hates sound. Why is he walking on stage where a fucking band's playing? Why? I mean, that like, too. God damn, like, God damn it! Like, okay, like, so I have it like a third thing here because oh, both of those are important. You have this whole scene going on for, what is it, like 20 minutes or something like that, at least? Make one joke. Make at least one joke. Nothing. Nothing at all. We have, I don't know who the fuck Little Sims is, but we get nothing from, she's not even like singing a song or rapping or whatever, but. (laughs) Finish, finish. What was that? Finish. No, you didn't hear it. Go finish. No, I'm uh, Parker. Share with the class. I had a little Sims, so my parents called me Little Sims. I I thought you were going with, a, you know, I always thought I was a regular size Sims. I it was one or the other. It was a coin flip in the moment. I'm sorry. All right, in the game of games. I was gonna let it lie. I'm sorry. Never. No, I asked for it. So uh, anyway, yeah, we see fucking Venom with like the the light necklaces and everything, and he's like. Oh. I love not being attached to Eddie Brock. And it's just, there's no joke. There's no, he's not eating anyone's heads. They all have heads there. And they're uneaten. And he wants to eat heads. And the only reason he left Eddie Brock was so he could eat heads freely. And he eats no one's heads. What is this? If this is R-rated, we have a 15-minute montage of him just committing a genocide in the Yeah, set to music from, like, the Mamas and the Papas or something. (laughs) Eat someone's head, please. I can't believe I'm saying Finally, I'm free to go to an underground rave. And it's so fucking lame. I I don't get this. I I don't get it. I I can't defend this part. There's so much potential there. And, like, it's just, like... Oh, 
It, like, even it, even if you ignore the lore fail, which I'm normally capable of doing, but I was so bored by this scene that I'm like, wait a minute. Like, because, like, you get the fucking loud microphone reverb and everything. It's like, there's literally specific targeted sounds that would make him go, no, no, in any other scene. Like, I, it's just... I am not a freaky fish guy. So, yeah, exactly. th- that scene doesn't work, but, like... I, I don't know. There, there's there's a lot to it that, that, that gets me about it. Um, and again, the, the give up our power sort of thing is just... I don't know. It's just so no, fucking lame to I'm just a regular me. journalist. Yeah. Well, Eddie Brock but is... Uh, my newfound celebrity! <laughs> like, okay, sure. Their heads are right there. I, I can't get over it. He's supposed to be eating heads. Just eat someone. Yeah, it's Anyone. right there. Uh, I mean, like, that's I the thing. It's like, wow, cool costume. Just, yeah, I want to talk like, about that because that like, is in every movie. And like, how how do you not have the scene where he eats someone's head and then someone turns to the headless guy and goes, "Wow, it's great like, costume, bro." Yeah, it's, it's yeah. right there. Exactly. I was about to say that. Like, it's it's the most obvious move in the world. It would have been great. It would have been way funnier than saying, "Yeah, great costume, but I made it myself." Yeah, we know. That's fucking stupid, man. I don't know. I don't like it. So anyway, he leaves and he doesn't have any power because he's not eating anyone's heads. One last comment on that scene. It might have worked if he was wearing a sombrero. And had a mustache. And had a mustache. I'll give it that. So, oh, doing a racist accent? Better movie. <laughs> okay, so right, we've been always doing a racist accent. So, so instead of... Instead <laughs> of uh, which way, Western man? <laughs> instead of Venom 2, instead of Venom 2, we watch uh, Willy's Wonderland Let There Be Carnage. It's the one racist... <laughs> just becomes a Jeff Dunham character. <laughs> <laughs> I am a jalapeno, Eddie! Great, love it. That's so good. So speaking of racist, he goes into that bodega again with the Asian lady. And, oh uh, <laughs> my god! <laughs> she, I was on the edge of my seat, but yeah. not for the reason they probably wanted. <laughs> yeah. So she leans over him, and I'm just like, "Oh, so she's taking over the Venom symbiote?" Which I have to admit, I did kind of like the idea that she knows that Eddie Brock is Venom. It's just like you gotta have one, you know? She's his Alfred, I guess. And uh, his ex girlfriend and her new boy or fiance, who, by the way, who's the stiff? Uh, I was very she, into Dan the Doctor. Great character. You were you? This movie oh, okay. needed it. This movie needed uh, anyone with any characterization. So they go into the bodega. They're like, where's Eddie? Because Tom Hardy's probably going to die or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. And uh, the Asian lady is like, I, who am a regular human and not Venom, do not know where he is. And his ex girl was like, hmm. Something strange about that. Hmm. So, uh, the way that she convinces Venom to help her is by seducing Venom. Don't worry about it. You gotta realize there's, like, a a huge crowd that comes to these movies. It's just, like, the the tentacle people. And this is for them. Didn't he just, like, rebuke someone's advances in the prior scene? Did I imagine that? Yeah, but also he's in love with the the ex-girlfriend. That's, like, made very clear. Venom is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah... 
Oh, it just doesn't seem like Venom, though. Yeah, because it's I not a I should have rewatched the first one beforehand, but also, life is very I remember almost fleeting. nothing from the first one. I remember... So that was like, in the first one? Oh, right, yeah, yeah right, they, now like, I remember. Yeah, right, Because, yeah, like, yeah. like, the only reason I remember it was there, because there's, like, the girl Venom in the first one, you know, because all the horny posters. Boy, which was my... Uh, yeah, yeah. All, <clears throat> yeah, but it's like, I remember so, there was, yeah. like, yeah. A, there was, like, a laboratory scene, and there was that hideous-looking clock tower fight, and that's all I remember from the first one. So, yeah, anyway, he infects her again, and we get a very brief shot of She-Venom, so that's like three and a half stars for me right there. And uh, they go to fight Carnage in a Catholic church, and I, I will admit it's a small joke, but it got me. It's like, Father, you've come at last. And the priest who's right next to is like, what? Not you, Father. Him, Father. And I was like, that is such a Mel Brooks sort of line. What's it doing in this movie? It is. It, <laughs> My man is grasping. But also they're, they're like, yeah. this... I laughed three or four times in this movie. There was only one that really got me, which we'll get to shortly. But, uh... Uh, I, so he's there... Oh, yeah, oh, I guess we forgot to mention, because there's nothing to say about it. Carnage breaks Shriek out of that prison, so, uh... She's there, The too. whole time they're yeah. in that prison, the whole time that they were there, I kept thinking, man, are they gonna see the malignant baby? Get <laughs> <laughs> the pre-shot of the malignant baby? Man, it's gonna see what our face... should acknowledge. Looks like this tumor is... Malignant. <laughs> Like, the whole second act is every time we're cutting between Eddie doing whatever he's doing, Venom at that fucking party, we're also seeing our newly freed Cletus Cassidy, who's dressed like Nick Cage in Snake Eyes, just driving around and causing a ruckus. He kills, like, one stranger, because he's a crazy serial killer. Yeah, also, it was kind of interesting where he has this carnage alien symbiote inside of him, and it's like, we must kill Venom. He's just like, okay, but first, I gotta find someone else. And Carnage just, I was like, okay. Deal. Yeah, great. What? Oh, alright. Boy, they really nailed that one quickly. The whole movie is about how they're not a a match and compatible. They seem seem pretty cool with each other. Also, we we now know, because of the entire rest of the movie, that the symbiote can just leave. You just go to another body. It's just like, like, hey, I gotta do this other Uh, thing first. Nope. Wait. That's that's it. I I guess maybe what they're doing is that the red version of the symbiote, since it's inside of him, since he ingested it, maybe that one can't leave him, I guess. Sure would have been great if they gave us a single line about that. Well, I I don't know. I, I think I sort of picked up on that because it was like inside of him, and I was just uh, you should have read uh, actually Super Carnage issue forty seven, then you would have known. Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, one for the real fans. Well, okay, I admit you're a bigger fan of comic books than yeah, I am. You call it me, but like, yeah, like <laughs> here's the thing: uh, Carnage and Hat Shriek, who, by the way, not a great pair. Uh, that's not going to last. Her superpower does not go with him. Uh, they have a big old punch up in this uh, Catholic church, which, by the way, guys, come on, I'm trying to get a mask tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing with him and his girlfriend just reminded me. I remember, like, I had that actual thought of like, oh wait, her powers are gonna hurt him, and then the second went by, and I thought, oh, I don't give a yeah. shit. <laughs> Could yeah. not be less invested. In well, this. I, I mean, yeah. that that did pay off in, in my opinion, the best joke in the movie. 
which is when they're up on the roof and uh and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh because <laughs> like they do a callback to the they're only hurt by fire and sound thing like four times and then it's like yeah he's only hurt by fire like pause stare at the camera and sound and like you see shriek and it's like oh she's gonna do the yell and then instead he just throws her into a bell <laughs> like <laughs> so good Isn't that really good that was good that was that was really good <laughs> Cause like she was, she's like falling down, and you're like, oh, here comes that trick, and then the bell burp. <laughs> <laughs> she just her. That's pretty good. The it really problem, won me over by the end. The one problem with that scene is that it should have, when that bell hits her, it should have cut out the the score, and I don't think it does. But I was laughing so hard that I didn't really mind. Also, I, I didn't so, like that character. So, so I was happy to see her die. Chris, I'm sorry in advance before I say this. The sound effect it needed is Nick Folk hitting the post. <laughs> It would have been perfect. I don't believe it. <laughs> it would have been. That <laughs> was so loud. Tasha, did you know? But really, why did he kick? Rock Prince Vanilla, Rocky Burr. <laughs> you know you can't stop it though. Is I don't know what this is an ad for. I've never seen me. the actual commercial. That's for Geico. <laughs> He says Geico. I, I mean, like, before and after, but I thought those were, like, unrelated. Geico. I thought Switch you just also had Geico all the ways you could say. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, Venom and Eddie Brock win the day, and they win it because they get together. They have chemistry, not literally. And uh, they're able to defeat Carnage, who's not quite getting along with Cletus <laughs> Cassidy. So... But ultimately just, my, hold on my favorite part of this scene is when when venom and slash tom hardy are stuck under the rock and they're just like no we gotta get out no we can't and then fucking dr dan comes over with the metal pole trying to wedge the fucking rocks up <laughs> <laughs> that dude that's like a heroic background performance from that guy i know like fucking doorknob every time he has lines but doing some work in the, the back where you know in this movie there's nothing else to pay attention to if you're not taking notes yeah so. i will say that his lines are desperate because yeah. like yeah, like when he gets like brilliant. like eddie brock hits him in the face twice he's back he's like they should really go to couples counseling like he might as well just like smile at the camera for like the laughter from the audience it just doesn't work like, hey uh, guys isn't this so weird yeah. so much this movie reminds me about the old Patton oswald bit about like getting paid to do like punch-ups for animated movies where you just come up and go, I don't know, when then this guy in the background farted. <laughs> That's every scene in this movie. Like, I don't know, we'll just record something in the Venom voice afterwards. Just do your line, it's fine. I, I know Not that, good. I know that Tom Hardy did it so he could... I think the the way that I read the, uh, the trivia is that he would improvise as Eddie Brock off the pre-recorded Venom lines. Which that uh, seems like the wrong way to do that. Yeah, it seems backwards. <laughs> no, no, just give me the punchline and then I'll work up to it. Yeah, Great. I don't know how he did that one. But uh, anyway. Hey, uh, Tom Hardy, you're known for being funny, right? Yeah, just riff out there, dude. Yeah, so I, have, this. I gotta admit, I didn't know that uh, this movie... I, I mean, I 
kind of knew it's a sequel to a uh, superhero movie. I kind of knew this was going to be the I reject my powers, here's the breakup sort of thing, and the eventual reconciliation. I know that's going to happen. What I wanted was you got to find some way to tie this into the narrative, and ultimately they do, and ultimately uh, they get together. At the God, end. I did damn, like that, no. but no, no, I like that it comes back. To, I'm going somewhere with this. I Can know. I just get here? Okay, so th- ultimately this is a tale of our time. This is this is important for people today to know. I mean, this is a tale about political unity. We can look at Chris and Cinema. We can look at Joe Manchin, and we can look and say, look, if we can get together and sit down and talk about our problems realistically, then ultimately great things can be done in the name of humanity. Do we have any uh, other notes for this movie? Uh, until we get to the scene, then no. Okay. Uh, mercifully 90 minutes, but also it's that weird middle ground where you're like, this feels like it should be more fleshed out, but also I don't want to sit here for another 20 minutes, so I don't know what to do now. I also, I mean, I gotta say, I've seen way, way, way worse than this movie. Uh, especially as far as comic book movies go, but like, uh, I gotta tell you, I'm not gonna be buying the uh, Blu-ray for this one. Look, man, a movie about two Let giant the monsters fighting each other should not be this forgettable. Yeah. I saw this yesterday, and you were bringing up plot points. I was like, oh, oh yeah, the old boyfriend does show up with yeah. the giant metal pole for some reason. <laughs> I, I'm never gonna forget that one. <laughs> He's like, ah! It's not even like doing it on the right rock. I know, that's why it's good. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get up, man. You gotta get up and help. I can't. You gotta do it, man. I like Venom Great. telling Love him his it. eye. I was like, look, they're not getting together. Venom was like, but we do. And then he gives him the strength to uh, believe in himself. So the scene that I told uh, Alex to wait for that he wasn't entirely thrilled with. and uh, You're such a dick for I telling are, I, I, I knew that I am, wasn't I'm, already. But, I'm yeah. twice as much of a dick because here's the, uh, here's the Joker-esque spoiler. I didn't stay to watch it myself. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, tell me what happens. Oh, so uh, you know they 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 had to. The last scene of the movie is like a callback to a line earlier. Where Venom's talking about the wind in his hair and his the his feet in the sand or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't have any hair, but at least they're sitting on this beach. Blah blah blah. Whatever. They're like on the run, and they're yeah. in some hotel watching what I thought was Italian Spider-Man for a second, and I was like, half expecting to see the dude shaking his head, like, like the meme. Like, I, I, I wish. If they, like, like, I was like, people told me to watch this end credit scene, I really hope that's why. That's a meme. Dude, that would have been so good. Yeah, it would have been incredible. Absolutely fucking yeah. incredible. A call by, uh, like, a shout out to the real fans, you know? But, yeah. uh, but instead, he sees J. Jonah Jameson talking about Peter Parker, and then they get transported to somewhere else which i think is a reference to the next spider-man movie based on the trailer that i saw beforehand and then some guys like get out of my house and it's like oh sick this movie was the one of these fucking comic movies that was like slightly different and you know trying to do something that wasn't part of this entire enormous franchise it's like cool now we're gonna get to see venom and doctor strange in the same movie who's excited for that guys so here's the thing I read about the post credit scene or mid credit or whichever one I don't know uh, and I was happy to see that J. Jonah Jameson was I believe played by J.K. Simmons am yeah, I correct yeah, yeah. about that yeah yeah. my favorite part about the first uh, Spider-Man movie uh, he's so fucking good I can't wait I, to rewatch this yeah I'm totally gonna rewatch it we probably should have done Spider-Man 3 instead of this movie <laughs> uh, I mean we'll do that instead of 
I already forgot what the new one's called. Yeah, maybe we should we'll just do that. Do, yeah, instead, whatever. Uh, no we'll Way talk. Home, I think? Anyway. I don't know. It's something like that. Uh, that some, I don't know. Anyway, I did not know that they were going to take all the interesting bits of it and chop them off and put it into a block in the rest of the brick wall that is Marvel. Yeah, it so, sucks. Uh, you didn't? Yeah. Boy, that could have been fun for a split second, but instead we get to see uh, all the stuff you guys like. Hi, Tom Hardy. As I'm opposed, Potts. Like, cool. Sick. Thanks. As a, but also, as opposed to all the fun I had during this yeah. movie, such as, like, three lines, and that's it. Yeah. Now, he, that's the thing. Is like he's going to be, like, gu- the Guardians of the Galaxy in the uh, Avengers Endgame thing. You have, like, one scene where he's in there and be like, oh, the, the guy I paid for the movie for. Oh, never mind. He's gone now. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's just gonna be one scene. Yeah. I'm kidding. But they wanted that shit in there for the beginning. Yeah, they want that think sweet, we... sweet Marvel money. Are you yeah. kidding me? Sony is so desperate for a franchise. They've been yeah. wanting this since day one. I get it. All right, well, like, no, French no, vanilla. No, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not clicking it this time. So, uh, moving on to the game of games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> As always. All right, what do you guys want to do first? The Chris Berman dice or the the actual like team rankings and shit? Oh, oh it's Berman. Yeah, dice we for this have guy. to do. All that. right. So uh, as as Parker astutely noticed, I was taking score in real time uh, with um, the amount of Berman catchphrases. So we're gonna we're gonna roll uh, we're gonna roll first for the short whoop. I love that sentence with all my all right. heart and soul. So, this is good news for you guys. The Dragon Balls are now in play. Oh, fuck. And, I was not. Oh. And not only Goodness. not only are the Dragon Balls in play, but uh, if you if you from this point forward land on a space that has like a team's name in it, whoever has that team gets a Dragon Ball. That is good for the rest of the season. So, uh, oh, now let's roll for. The long whoop. Oh, wow, that's fitting. We we got the whoop oh, space. <laughs> so uh, the whoop space. The whoop so space. how do we do that? Last week I gave one to Chris. Chris gave one to Parker. Parker gave one to me. So I oh, wait. Was it that one? I yeah, thought that's, it was the other that's way how you got travelers. And that's how. And what did wait, what did I assign to Parker? Uh, wait. Wait, no, Alex, you assigned me the in I did assign you the in-betweeners. Is that yeah. from that? Yeah, because I assigned I you so. uh, a Food of the Gods 2. Oh, that's what yeah, that I was. Yeah, I gave Chris Yeah, Okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah, All right, then maybe I'm not missing a movie on my sheet. Maybe I do have everything. I thought Parker gave it. Okay, it doesn't matter. All right, we'll go the opposite okay. way this week. So okay, so Parker, I assigned Park, one to yeah, Parker. Yeah, and I'll assign one to yeah. you, and Parker will assign one to me. Parker, you can go first. Right, well, yeah, Parker. <sighs> Alex... Would you like to watch it? an early Jean-Claude Van Damme movie called Cyborg? Absolutely. Somehow, yeah, I, thought I you haven't would. seen this. Don't ask it me is how. But, uh, pretty good. But also not. Yeah. But also canon. All right. <laughs> Man, I don't want to be in the spot of assigning something mean, but I don't have many nice things on my list. Let me think of something. This okay. was one of the female. So I can nice give one things. to Parker in the meantime? Uh, Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and give one to Parker. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and soften me yeah. up. Let's go. Parker, you like Ken Russell, right? 
Not as much as he loves being dangerously horny. Well, on that subject, I'm going to assign you my sister's favorite movie, or if not her favorite movie, her all-time most-watched movie. Not making it up when I say this. You're going to watch Tommy, the movie based on the uh, the album by The Who. (laughs) He made that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You're going to watch it and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I see. (laughs) I mean, like... Oh, okay, now we're talking. That's, yeah. that's, that's not that mean. I'm not going to be mean to Chris then. Chris, you can watch The King of the Kickboxers. <laughs> Fuck I, yeah, I want to. That's the one with the song, right? I, n- maybe. I don't remember if there's a song in that one. <laughs> I need to talk to another human being about this final fight, and like nobody seems willing to watch this movie. So like I just right. I just have to burn up an assignment on it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, so... We now have a roll of the die for Chris Berman saying, How about them cowboys? <laughs> Here we go. Alright. Uh, what's that? Okay, that is <laughs> a space from a previous edition of the Game of Games called Baker Fuckers Lose Again. <laughs> Whoever has the browns, well, they get a Dragon Ball, but also they get assigned a movie. So, uh... Ah, fuck. It looks like I have the browns. So, uh, you guys amongst yourselves decide what I'm going to be watching. Parker, I have one I think we can both agree on. Uh, Actually, I have have two we can both agree on. Uh, There's a nice one, and there's a mean one. Uh, Do you want to go nice or mean? I'll leave that up to you. I gave him a nice one, but you can do whatever. Okay, well, the mean one is... uh, Yeah, I already assigned you Food to the Gods 2, which is nominally a sequel, but I think it is time for you to watch Amazing Spider-Man Part 2. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's mean. Yeah. That movie is another 30-minute conversation. I I don't doubt it, but uh, I'm not prepared. I don't know how that movie imprinted on me so bad, but it is just Look, I had to watch Fantastic Four and then not talk about it because I fell asleep. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's only fair. And, uh, hey man, I watched the sequel even though we weren't covering it, so we've all been there. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris still hasn't seen the 2015 one, just throwing that out there. Yum, yum, yum. Neither have I, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Josh Trank. It'll hurt some people more than Director others. of Chronicle! Yeah, you love that one. Alright, so, uh, I don't know if this counts as a Chris Berman meme or not, so I'm gonna let the, the crowd decide here. Um, is Chris Berman referring to Lamar Jackson as the Red Rocks Rainbow? <laughs> I have no idea. It, what it had that something means. to do with being in Colorado and throwing the ball for 300 yards, and that's about as close as I got. But it felt like a boomerism, so I wrote it down. I I really thought you were going to say that you know, like red, because like he was from Louisville, or their colors are red or something. Cardinals. I. Uh, what was it? At Red Rocks River or something? Rainbow. I guess because Red Box Rainbow. Yeah, he was referring to the throw, not to the quarterback. Sure. You know, it's it's not like a circle the wagons, but it's a thing no one else on planet Earth would say. Yeah. So I'm gonna count it. Let's let's count it. Support it. it. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) Quick, run while he's gone. (laughs) Speaking of circling the wagons, shit. (laughs) This is a space called. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so, oh boy! So, so how this works is the team with the Buffalo Bills gets to assign a movie to the other two people. So let's go ahead and look at the. Oh, this one's also me. Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. All right. 
Okay. I mean, I want to just double check that this movie is what I think it is real quick. Okay. All right, all right, all right. This is, uh, this is what I think it is. All right. So I have two movies. They're both fairly interchangeable between the two of you. One is nice and one is naughty. Parker, would you like odds well, or evens? Oh, evens. No. That is an 11. Chris, would you like the nice movie or the naughty movie? I tell you what. I assigned you the mean one. Parker assigned you the nice one. Give me the mean one. Alright. So, uh, as many listeners know, Chris is a big fan of the list. You know, a, a list that's ostensibly about horror and horror movies and shooting zombies. And uh, as the listeners also know, Chris is a huge fan of British comedy. So, uh, <laughs> you're going to be watching a movie called Cockneys vs. Zombies. You're, oh. Boy. That is a real fucking gambit, inventing movies for I Look, I did not invent this. I don't remember how I came across it. It has been on my spreadsheet for approximately six months. But somebody's gonna watch a horror comedy about a bunch of extremely British bank robbers having to fight off zombies. It's gonna be like Army of the Dead, but stupider. I don't know where I'm gonna find this. <laughs> Alright. So good. then, Parker, you're gonna get the nice movie. Um, you're gonna watch a movie called American Shaolin. Oh, I'm in. I'm locked in already. Let me read to you the first line, or part of the first line, from the IMDb description of this movie. After being humiliated in the ring by a dirty kickboxer who pulls down his shorts and then hit him, comma... I'll let you work with the rest. <laughs> <That's such> a... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Alright. I would have just washed that. <laughs> Alright. Oh my god, that poster is something else. <laughs> yeah, right, dude? What in the world? I don't know what the fuck this is, but I cannot wait to find out. Uh, How is Daniel Day Kim in this movie? <laughs> what the fuck? Very carefully. Almost no one else even has a picture. Then There he is. Oh, I'll just click the director. That, make, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. That's how you found it. Uh, let, let me... Let me oh. oh, yeah, now I get it. Okay. <laughs> I bet it's on it, YouTube. It is I'm almost excited. certainly on YouTube. Um. <laughs> anyway, now to the actual game of games part. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Man. Uh. Yep. So Chris, so much damage. Just Chris, done. your teams went five and six. Parker again. Yeah. Parker, your teams went six and five, and my oh. teams went five and five because I had the Ken Jong space. Now, first and foremost, I did not win, so I am now stuck with a Ken Jong assignment. But also, I get to change the space and throw it back in the pool. So, uh, welcome to the Roland Emmerich space. Oh my god. Oh, good. That is <laughs> diabolical. Because, uh, I'm, I'm down to the 
to the weeds on that one. <laughs> I know, dude. A lot, a lot I am in left. the same boat. Trust me. So we gotta get uh we gotta get some more teams in this pod if you guys want to go ahead and open up the spreadsheet. And I figured this week uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do all the the wheel stuff and then tell you guys who get who got what teams rather than you know it's probably, using yeah, the uneditable it mess that it usually is for this because like I can't imagine yeah. that that's gonna go anywhere if you it's, don't have the wheel sound. It's a little tricky. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's I cannot believe my giants and my jets oh, really came through for you, dude. <laughs> Shout out to half of my birds. So, uh, each of the three of us can throw Oops. one of our own teams in first. Let me uh, clear the uh, colors here. Uh, I will start by uh, throwing in my dolphins. Each of you guys can pick one of your own teams there. Okay, I'm going to throw in the Texans. Like, the Jets are a terrible team, but I just have so little faith in the Falcons. I don't want any vested <laughs> right. giving point, up yeah. a bird team interesting like you know sacrifice that <laughs> I understand yeah. now Parker you can pick one of mine and one of Chris's to throw in Texans are the birds of the oh, south they do say that <laughs> let's go uh, Chris's lions of course hey come on I was thought I thought I could hide him at the top <laughs> absolutely not a lot of good teams. I, I have a stacked roster yeah. right now. How the you fuck do. did you I not win? Yeah, That's insane. <laughs> For Patriots beefed it. And the Rams. <laughs> and the Rams. <laughs> and the Vikings. Well, I guess the Vikings played the Browns. Uh, and the yeah. Cowboys played the Panthers. And there's four losses. Who else lost? Nah, it doesn't matter. Anyway. And Dolphins. Yeah. Parker Pickle. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, fuck it. Throw the Cowboys right. in there. Uh, I'll... Parker, pick one more of your own teams. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh... Alright, fuck it. Let's get those Jets out of there. All right. That was fun. All and one more of Chris's teams. Uh, for me? Or he no, teams? no. Parker picks one of yours because he won. Okay. Oh, yeah, alright. Let's just throw another bird team. Let's get those Ravens out of there. We need some birds in that All right. in that gumbo pot. You are correct that we need more birds. Your your eagles are going in the pot. Thank you. All right. <laughs> oh, with the MVP? I mean, you know, I'm an MVP of hubris at this point. <laughs> Let me uh, get this squared up, and then... You know, if you're going to talk about the game like that... I'm <laughs> Weird how none of them were online really during the game. Yeah, that's interesting. They must have been busy watching it with their friends. <laughs> Let's go, Caldor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Such a All good right. one. Um, let me go ahead and get these spaces in here. You guys want to watch it update in real time on the spreadsheet? As I, uh... Absolutely. Yeah, that's my favorite way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. Same. Uh, lines, I love double dipping. I love splitting the difference. <laughs> if we ever get the wheel sound effect, it'd be a perfect time. Just do do like the wheel, and then it's like, okay, these people have these teams now. Well, yeah, something else. Big if, dude. It's it's fine. I get it. <laughs> yeah, the hoot spin also works. <laughs> I keep thinking about the Giants winning in overtime, and then Joe Judge just making a run. This <laughs> is really great. Right, Parker, which one of us is gonna go first on the wheel, and who's gonna go second? 
We'll go the order that's All on right, spreadsheet. So Chris, the second wheel that decides who goes first. All right, MVP, here we go. Got my Eagles. Aw, oh, damn, we, we need to respin. This team's too stacked. Uh-oh. Oh, you hate to see it, Parker. Parker, what do you hate to see more, it or France? Let me. Oh, fins up, baby. Just go to the I'm going to go and just check out on this IMDb while you do yeah. this. I need to see where I'm at right yeah. now. You may have seen all of his movies. Uh-oh. No, there's, there's a lot of 90s ones. Oh, good. Like, before he was like... Oh, my God, there are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ah, moon rocks. What? Yes! <laughs> Let's fucking go! My Lions, baby. Championship's back on. It's going to be an emotional comeback. He's you ever seen Miracle? living on his own. <laughs> yes. Oh, you mean I'm starting my... <laughs> the Eagles. My Miracle team. <laughs> Oh, fuck, he did do the Patriot. Oh, god damn it. Uh-oh. No, come on, dude, that Piss. movie is three hours long. You're not gonna do that. Falcons can't lose again, right? <laughs> like, there's so many movies yes! here that'd be funny to talk about, but it's so much funnier that he made a movie about the Stone Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like that would have to be the dude. Point. You gotta do it. That's oh, that's I'm sure brutal. it's tasteful. Yeah, dude. I, I bet some fucking French people are involved. Eagles and lions. Cool. This is my week. What could possibly all right go wrong? So after some spins of the wheel, Chris now has the Eagles, the Lions, and the Cowboys. Parker now has the Roland Emmerich space, the Ravens, and the Texans. <laughs> and God, I now have the Dolphins, the Falcons, and the Jets. And uh, I think that's all I have for you guys this week. Uh, keep note, I have two Dragon Balls, so. This is horse Oh, shit. God. Well, I have 10,000 BC. <laughs> that is uh, technically true. Oh, my statement. God. Dude, I think I'd—I I genuinely think I'd rather watch the Patriot than that. Dude, what the fuck is Moon Forty Four? Uh, that's—I—I I don't know. I've seen Moon Zero too. I don't know about Moon Forty Four. What are we doing for Who the are episode? These? Who are these? People? Is this a German Who? movie? What's coming? Hang on a second. It's, uh, I'm trying to find out what's coming out this week. Uh, I know since all people I mean, have heard of. I'm going awesome. to no see. To I'm going to see the Bond movie. So if you want to do, yeah, the Bond you want to. Uh, we can do no time to die. It's either we do the Bond movie or we go like we don't have enough to say about Bond and we do like exit wounds or something. But yeah, I will be talking at length about the Bond movie anyway. So like we could just do it. But it's up to you guys. I don't care. I don't know if I can make it to the theater again this weekend. Oh, okay. I do want to see it, but I don't know if I can make it this uh, weekend. I tell you what, how about, um, I'm going to check the length of this one. Um, wow, seven inches? That, oh, sorry. Oh. Spider-Man 3. I've legitimately never seen Spider-Man 3 start. Really? I oh. don't yes. remember if I have or not. I've kind of just been holding yeah. off. Because I just, I just assume, oh, like, no, 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 we'll it's, get to that at one point. It's like two hours, 19 minutes, I'm like, well, I could have told you that. It's a fucking superhero movie. Yeah, well, still. 
Uh, just decide on it later. I've never or have we done exit wounds? I mean, I'm not upset about exit wounds. I've, oh yeah, I thought we did it though. No, I I like specifically didn't talk about it because because somebody was like, yeah, we're doing that. We're doing the Seagal thing. So yeah. Which, me, uh, oh, this is the one with DMX. No, we have not done this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's do uh, exit wounds next. That's the tea, sis.